to another episode of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I am Christine. And on this episode, what are we doing, Christine? Uh, we're talking about stuff we've been watching. You know, a catch-up show. It's a catch-up show. I wish I had music for a ca- Actually, no, I did. I found a song that was somewhere, and it was all about ketchup, like the actual oh. condiment. And mm. I used it once or twice, so I feel like that should just be the official opening whenever we do a ketchup show. Okay. Done. Noted. Let me make a note of that and actually remember. We'll see. Uh, as is the case, we have movies and TV we've been watching. I have a weird mm-hmm. mix this time for a lot of different reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. You have primarily horror, but some other stuff mixed in. Am I right about that? Yep. Yep. That's accurate. All right. So why don't we start with the non-horror stuff and go from there. Do you have any television? Uh, I finished Riverdale. Ah, okay. What is your overall verdict of the 9,000 episode Riverdale? (laughs) Um, I would say my overall assessment is it has declining quality from Mm. season one on. Season one is good. Season two is great. Season three is even better. Four is good. And then it's like we start to fall off a cliff. Um, The final season was so disappointing. Oh. Um, In like a really strange way. Uh, but I'm glad I watched it. It'll be, uh, a show that I think about or characters I reference, but I'm super glad I didn't watch it live because I think it would have, would have driven me, (laughs) driven me off the edge. Yeah. It's how long were the seasons themselves? Are they like 20 episode seasons? The majority of them were 22. Wow. It's crazy that that still happens in this day and age. Yeah, wasn't when that got canceled, something else just got canceled or ended where people were like, well, that's it. We don't, that's it for the 20. Yeah, never again. Like, it is a lot because, yeah. <clears throat> well, Riverdale isn't necessarily like super guilty of this. When you have a 22 episode season, it's easy to start getting like repetitious. Tight, yeah, and like kind of like throwaway episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Like, if you don't need the full 22 episodes to tell the story, then like, I don't know. There were a couple times where I was like, boy, this we could have just shaved like the whole first half of the season out of here. I, I think the biggest problem on a lot of um, shows that followed that 22 episode plus format, it was the subplot issues, mm-hmm. right? There was always, uh, you know, and I, you, again, I've never been in a writer's room. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how it works, but you sit out and you're plotting the season and within that, you're, you know, okay, filling out what the episodes are going to be and everything. And I feel like whenever I watch an older show, at this point, it's usually older shows that have that format, you start, that's where you start to see it, where it's the, oh, right, the side character that had this thing that just never came back again, that never got resolved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to do that when you're doing an eight episode season or a 10 episode season. And it's one of those things like, on one hand, it was probably great for a lot of actors and a lot of guest stars and everything else, but it also usually doesn't serve things. Pretty Little Liars, I think, is a great example of that, of how many things that just didn't need to be there that just further complicated the narrative. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And and Riverdale definitely had its fair share of of things that never really panned out or things we Mm. never went back to and things we just left dangling. There's... There's a couple time jumps too. That's not a spoiler. It's a show that's it just sure. ended. Um, there's a couple time jumps where you're like, no, why? Mm. You just because you time jump, you just abandoned everything you were just doing. Right, which just makes you feel angry for having. Well, I gave this my time, but now you don't, as a showrunner, feel I deserved a resolution. Yeah. It, so it overall a little disappointing, <laughs> but 
I don't regret doing it. Okay, nice. So um, that was pretty much it for t- oh, wow. TV for me. Well, that's a because that's a lot. It's twenty two <laughs> times five or six, whatever that number seven. is. Jesus, seven, seven seasons. Oh yeah. wow, my gosh, yeah. we're gonna but die one I, day, Christine. That's a lot of TV. But I thought it was worth it. Okay, that's important. <laughs> that's important. I, I don't watch it. You know, I don't, we don't talk about a lot of TV. I don't watch a ton of TV. So like, mm-hmm. it was actually kind of nice to like go feel like I was living back in the, in the, in the halcyon days of, sure. of 22 episode seasons, like lost where I could just kind of disappear into a yeah. show for a month and then be like, okay, now what? Now what? Well, and I feel like I'm going to have that problem now. I'm trying to figure out what my next show is because I, I typically have, the, I, I would say I probably watch like three shows at once in different ways. There is the show that I'll watch with Brannon, which is usually both a comedy and a drama where it's a, okay, we sit down for dinner and we're going to turn on mm-hmm. Only Murders in the Building or an episode of The Wire or wherever we're at in that. Yeah. There is the shows that I, you know, I'm going to watch myself, but I'm going to sit down and watch them. So usually those are my morning viewing. And then there's the background show that is while I'm cooking or while I'm doing other things, but at least I can always, without having to think of what am I going to watch, I can pull up, great, Top Chef, okay. And Top Chef was great, because there were like 20 seasons and I never watched mm-hmm. any of it, but now I'm at the last season I didn't watch, and I'm like, oh shit, what do I do when I finish the season? I need a new filler TV show, so there's that. Um, the sh- other show that I was like, my actual, I am watching this show right now, I, I'm really intrigued that you, I don't think you've watched this because I'd be very curious what you think. Okay. And it's Hulu's The Bear. Oh, I watched the first season. So what did you think? It gave me incredible anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it was deeply unpleasant for me. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of failed. Yeah. Because I don't even know that we finished the first season. Um, there's a couple scenes where I, I lived it. I bet, um, yeah. It's it's too much because it's very – the business that he works at is very fast casual. And when I worked at the hot dog restaurant, it very much yeah. felt like that. So it uh, to say it was triggering is a little bold and, and big, but, like, it definitely made me feel uncomfortable. No, I, I get that. I I watched – I because everybody's been raving about it, mm-hmm. right? And I will say I kind of hated the first season. I almost gave up on it. Uh, the only reason I didn't was because enough people, like, and not just critics, but, like, friends of mine who were like, no, 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 please keep going, give season two a shot. And it, it really did, like, there was a moment that kind of, like, where it kind of stopped and clicked for me of, like, okay, this isn't just unpleasant people screaming at each other in a scenario I don't want to watch, which is, to me, what season one felt like the entire time. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it does turn a corner. Season two is a little more controlled. A, a friend of mine made a really good, great point, because I'm like, I don't like these people. Like, they're all pretty much awful, and they just yell at each other. Um, why should I go on their journey? And I had a friend who said, like, un- like pl- understand, like, be aware that, like, characters grow. Like, ca- you will see characters grow as people. And you do, like you really do in a kind of like thoughtful, very kind of zen way. Um, so it's tough. Like I don't, I, I, I was feeling season two, I was like into it. And then there's the episode that everybody is raving about that kind of, for me, was a little bit of where my anxiety kicked in, which is the Christmas episode mm-hmm. uh, where it's like Jamie Lee Curtis is there and like Bob Odenkirk. Like it's, it's a great episode. It's great actors, but it's just a family, like a big family screaming at each other. And, mm-hmm. like, I have a big family, and we occasionally scream at each other. We talk loud. Like, 
our family dinners tend to be a lot of chaos. And that's where I was suddenly like, oh, now I see myself here and I don't really like this. But okay. And it took me like three watches to get through that episode. (laughs) Um, But then again, the next episode was this really like beautiful piece of television. So I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, I don't know how hard I recommend it to anybody. Cause I think like it's, it's been pretty recommended. Like it has like 30 Emmy yeah. nominations. Like people are aware that this is good television. It is a, it, it's complicated television and it's, it by season two, there are, there are episodes that are genuinely pleasant to watch, I'd say. Um, but it's a tough thing to do to yourself. Yeah, I I think we have every intention of going back to it. It's just it was a, it was a lot because yeah. I watched it when it first came out, and for me that still felt like pretty deep pandemic sure. time. Yeah. and it it just it really just amplified anxious feelings that I was already having. Oh, completely. Yeah, I I can I can fully see that. Um, and again, it's, it's interesting to me because I've never worked in a restaurant. I've like, my food service was Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it, it's not that scenario at all. <laughs> so that stuff, when people talk about like, I think it's season one. I don't know if you got to the episode where the the ticket machine is going out yes, of whack. Yes, like, I still think about it. Yeah. I still and, think about that because I lived it. It's yep. fucking awful. <laughs> and that didn't bother me at all because I'm like, I don't know. They'll figure it out. But then season two, when the family is screaming, when it's all like, how do we not have our our my, our brothers fight like what do i have to say to not let this happen like that's where it got me so no matter who you are it'll probably trigger anxiety for you <laughs> um the show so the show that we are because we finished the wire which for me i'd watched it several times it was just a new watch for brandon and i will say uh, this is probably my like third or fourth watch through it season five is worse wow, than i remember but season really? four is better than i remember so yeah, I still need to watch it. I think that if I said, "Hey Zach, let's watch this," he would say yes because it's one of his favorite television. It's shows. great TV. It really is great TV, it, and it holds mm-hmm. up. Um, mm-hmm. It's again just the sheer amount of actors and where they are now is pretty impressive. Yeah, but it is good a good watch. And seasons three and four to me are outstanding. Season five, this go around. I thought came off worse than I remembered it coming off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still ultimately a satisfying show. So, uh, so then we had to follow that up with like, okay, so what's our new hour long drama at night? And I don't know if you're aware of this, but we are a very hip and modern couple who of course, are what you'd call trendsetters in a lot of ways. Yep. Yep. So therefore uh, we are currently on the Kolchak Night Stalker train. <gasps> Fun. My did you ever watch it watch that. Yeah. My mom yeah. everybody's mom watched it yeah. i don't remember it really i don't really even know what the tone of it is like... weird the tone is very okay. weird uh because <laughs> so there were two made for tv movies um dan curtis produced the first or wrote the first one and then directed the second one so it's got like that dan curtis feel which is pretty cool mm-hmm. uh it's the tone is kind of like there is some oh oh and the second movie um takes place in Seattle. Oh fun. Yeah, yeah. The first one is in I forget LA maybe? Uh or Vegas. I think it's Vegas and then Seattle, and then the show is in Chicago, but also moves around. So cool. It's very like it's Monster of the Week. Um the tone, it's it's funny. Uh it's it's definitely there are a lot of things played for laughs, but it's also like kind of scary at times so it's interesting it's a the i was getting like the first episode uh felt to me a little bit repetitive of oh no now i'm 
is this going to be the same thing every week? Because the first two mm. movies are kind of similar in the first episode, but then the last two episodes were a little more, were different. So I was like, okay, no, no, they're they're finding, and again, I think it was only one season, um, but it's it's a lot of different things going on, a lot of before they were famous older people showing up. Um, the the other show that like is our kind of comfort, like soft watch, is the Mary Tyler Moore show. So oh, one thing I I'm think learning. I saw that. I think I saw that you were watching that. It's just, it's a delight. It really is a delight. Uh, it's very funny, though, because watching so much TV from the 70s makes me realize how different our definitions of fat were. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, thrown around as a joke constantly in Kolchak and Mary Tyler Moore. And it's, those women are not fat. No. And as much as we no, can no. say we were bad in the 90s, no, we were worse in the 70s. So take that. What you will. You know, honestly, though, I guess there is something to take away from that then, because yep. I feel like we're cycling back to it. Uh-huh. So maybe it won't be as bad as it was in the 90s this time. Maybe we're just incrementally improving how awful it is each time. Each time. Just a little bit. A little bit. By the time we're in our 90s, we'll feel good about our bodies. Oh, it's what a bummer indeed uh so the other thing that is not a bummer um we've been doing so with like some of the netflix news and just the streaming news at Pratt <gasps> i have Bay. a question i have yes. a question for you after you finish this this thought though uh, yes i'm still getting netflix discs if that's your question well, i i had heard that that they let you keep them that they were just letting you keep whatever you wanted well so i see i don't see how that would work because then they're not going to keep sending me them if i don't send my disc back i don't get the next one I think at the end, what they're doing is, um, like, the last day of Netflix, they're just sending you a batch of DVDs, <laughs> supposedly from your queue, but I have no idea. I'm going to open up and have, like, ten Bratz movies. I know it. Please let me know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I will document what I get. Don't don't you I'm worry. So, I'm so invested in this. Okay, I didn't mean me to too. cut you off. Please oh, no, that's okay. Me. No, it's, it's all connected, because basically, like, we're – Brandon made a very good point, which is, like – DVDs are not going to be produced anymore in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DVDs are very cheap right now. That's the other good good thing. So he's been buying up a lot of like TV on DVD that otherwise might not be available. Uh, so he, may, he found for me, he's like, you know, there is the complete Brady Bunch set, which is 30 discs. Holy it includes the original shit. show. It includes every spinoff, the Brady, every movie. So the Brady, mm-hmm. Brady Brides, the Brady, Brady Christmas, uh, the animated series, like everything, including the theatrical movies, the 90s movies. The only thing that is not on this 30 disc collection is the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Okay. So I came home one day and because my husband loves me, I had a package and I look, I'm like, what's this? He's like, just open it. And it was the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Uh, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour is, I don't, do you know about this? I mean, I only know about it from jokes on other shows. Yes, yes, like <laughs> replacing Jan. There's a great, The yeah. Simpsons, behind the, yep, the laughter yep. episode of The Simpsons, um, has a very, very funny parody of it. But yeah, they, it was two years after Brady Bunch had gone off the air, they reunited, except for Jan, for a Variety Hour. And it is the cheesiest thing you have ever seen in your life, and it's incredible, and it made me so happy. I'm, well, I'm glad that you own it. Can I ask uh, how much do you do you know, or would you care to share how much that gigantic thirty disc set? Oh, the cost? thirty disc set I think was sixty bucks. Holy mackerel! Yeah, for thirty discs. 
that's something else, huh? Mm-hmm. We're in a we're in a real strange place with physical media. Very much. Um, and it's funny because our TV just died a few weeks ago, so we had to get mm-hmm. a new one. And as we did, we're like, oh, it's 4K now, so now we're gonna we should probably upgrade our DVD player, but or our Blu-ray player. But wait, we also need to make sure it still plays all the other things because we have like burned DVDs of things, mm-hmm. and they're important stuff because stuff goes away now, people. No, I know. So we've actually been. Uh, maybe me more than Zach, so I shouldn't say we. We've actually been thinking about getting real into laser discs. Ooh. I I've become a very strange physical media person in the last and couple clearly. years. Clearly. I just I where I where I guess I used to be like one of the people that saw the inter- internet as like an infinite unending way to access anything. Mm-hmm. I'm now truly feeling the, the opposite, the limitations of yeah. that, and like okay, well anything that I really care about, I should have. I should have my own access to it. Agreed. I think that's absolutely accurate. Yeah. I don't trust I don't trust it anymore. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's going to be forever. At some point yeah. in my life I felt like, "Oh yeah, the internet is truly forever." But now it's like, well, "I don't know about that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's even the same with um like we have running lists of all these movies we want to watch and you know, all the different streaming sites and every now and then we're like, "Yeah, let's oh, let's watch that. I wanted to watch that." And we're like, "Oh, wait, it's We'd have to pay for it. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't pay for movies anymore. Like, we pay if we we buy them or if we go out to see them. But the Mm -hmm. idea of paying to rent a movie feels so wrong when there are so many other movies that I have access to already. Yep. I agree. Um, So I'll move over to comedy because it kind of segues right through since I did get a – we, you know, have our Brady Bunch collection and – Brandon had mentioned he had never seen a very Brady sequel, so we watched oh, a very Brady sequel. I'm a big fan. It's great. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's as good as the Brady Bunch movie. I didn't laugh as much as I do when I watched the Brady Bunch movie, but a very mm-hmm. Brady sequel is good. It is fun. It is 90s. It is... The, that cast is so good. The girls are so good. I think I think they're, they're the ones that really, yeah. like, elevate it. And, um, yeah, and Gary Daniels. What's his name? Uh, Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Gary yeah. Cole, yes, as as Mike Brady is also just tremendous. It's it's so great. We'll always make yeah, it happy. I love those movies, so. Yeah. Uh, do you have other comedies? I think I have a couple comedies. Ooh, is let's that hear your them. only one? Uh, I have two others. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I... I don't have much to say about this because I didn't like it, but I watched Trolls World Tour. And what, can re- I ask what prompted the decision to watch Trolls World Tour? Well, my husband is an animator and a designer and okay. an artist, and the art style of that movie is extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, it all looks like um, felted and mm. like and sewn, like very Neat. real, tangible, organic materials. So, like. He has always been kind of taken by the design in it. And, like, I, for one, have not had any interest. But Mm. I finally was like, okay, okay, let's watch it. And it looked great. Like, I really enjoyed the the way the characters looked. They were adorable. But, like, it was – maybe it's for young kids younger than I realized. Like, we were watching Uh. this. I was like, is this for, like, three- to five-year-olds? Because it – I could not – I couldn't – There was nothing there for you. Nothing at all interesting yeah so there's that (laughs) Uh, one of the comedies i watched was definitely not intended for three to five year olds um i had heard from many people that this was really worth watching and i knew brannon was a fan of fletch so we watched confess fletch with john ham 
I enjoyed it quite a bit. When it's I it's it. quite good. Yeah. John Hamm is so great. Marsha Gay Harden, great. It's funny. It's entertaining. I, it moves. No, I completely agree. It was, yeah. I thought it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I have one. Go for I it. I guess this is a comedy. Um, I finally watched 1996's Barbed Wire. I've never seen Barbed Wire. It is not good. Mm. But it is, everybody looks cool. It is so 90s. Pam Anderson is is the fucking best. She she looks amazing. Every scene, the only reason, towards the end, I was like, oh, a new scene means she's going to have different makeup on. And then I was (laughs) like, I would wait to see what cool makeup she had on or what her eyeshadow looked like. I was so completely out on it. But like, for visually, like as just a time capsule of like style and styling, I, I thought it was great. I always kind of wrap that in my head with Tank Girl. Yeah, me too. Me right? too, totally. Tank okay. Girl is far superior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oceans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, on the Barb train, did you see the Barbie movie yet? I did see the Barbie movie. Oh, no. What did you think of the Barbie movie? Um. Well. You saw it late, right? I feel like you probably saw it fairly. It's been out now. I mean, not that long in terms of, like, our lifetime but it's <laughs> it's september it came out in july i feel like you probably saw it like what a couple of weeks ago uh, yeah i think i saw after it in- after the the hype machine if you will yeah i saw it no i wouldn't say late but definitely not early mm-hmm. um i was not one of the first so i saw it at the drive-in um so i temper my feelings with that it, i was at the drive-in mm. it, you know there was a bit of an echo to the audio. Um, so with that being said, I, I plan to rewatch it. I did not enjoy it. Um, I didn't enjoy it that much. I liked the way it looked and I giggled a couple times and I really liked Michael Sarah, but I guess I didn't feel like I was the audience for it. I think if, because I, I loved it, but I but I would say it is, you know, it's not my favorite Greta Gerwig. Because mm-hmm. I, I realized as I was kind of watching it and then very quickly after that I think what she, the accomplishment she made is tremendous. Because she has made what will likely be the biggest movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that was like you talk about like the four quadrant movie and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I found once after the experience of watching it, the more I was thinking through it, I was thinking about how, like, what she really did was how it was very much that kind of movie that was made for a very broad audience. And so there are some things that, like, all the Will Ferrell stuff to me was like, this is here for an audience that isn't me, except for the mm-hmm. post joke. That that made me laugh out loud. Uh, but for the most part, it was like every time it was going to do this thing – you could hear a lot of people laughing, but it was like, right, I didn't need this in my Barbie movie. Um, the Even the big speech, right, the big America Ferrara speech felt to me like, okay, this this is fine. Women are connecting to this like crazy. This to me is not the most nuanced way to say this, but I'm happy it's said in a way that did reach such a huge audience. So it felt kind of like my movie was like, a le- was in there in a different level. Like, I would love, like, if there was a way to do, like, the Argento cut, where it's like, okay, if I took out some of the kind of broader stuff and made just, like, the weird indie quirky movie, like, that might have been more for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm so happy it did so well. I think it will do ideally great things for for Gerwig and for the movies, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved it, but I would not say it was perfect. Yeah, I I don't I, I anytime I say things about it or want to say things about it, I risk sounding like um, a type of person I don't really want to mm-hmm. be. So like I kind of it's not for me. I don't need a third grade level speech about feminism like sure. but some people do and that's super cool and i'm really glad mm-hmm. that they have that but i don't so like i can't judge it on anything other than me and and that movie was just not it didn't resonate it didn't i didn't have a revelation i i got more emotional watching the trailer mm-hmm. um but like other people are like dumping their boyfriends and like great and, and like fucking awesome. wa- walking out on toxic people in their life. And for that, I say, good. I wish it had made $85 billion because yeah. everybody should, should walk away from media with that life-changing experience, you know? Like, that's so fucking awesome. But, like, that speech to me was just pure cringe. I didn't – it was so on the nose, and it was like, mm-hmm. why – why is this happening to me? And then I, in as it was happening, I was like, oh, Christine, this isn't for you. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> and that's cool the thing. That happening. Yeah, I think if you, seeing that, because I got to see it in the theater, which was exciting. It was one of the, the second yeah. theater I've, I've gone into or really like sat down and watched a movie. I was with Abby. It was great. Um, the, the energy, like, I mean, it was, a, it was a packed house on a Tuesday night. Like, that in itself was great. Little girls were wearing pink. Older women were wearing pink. It was, like, one of these, like, oh, like, you can't not give in to that. It was so exciting to, to feel that. And even, like, for me, like, there were other moments even before that that were really connected to me. Like, I teared up at the, the old woman scene, like, really got me. Like, but there were, when that speech was happening, I could, like, feel the energy of the room like rip it like like loving it and getting it and i was like mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i don't need that like that that's more than i that yes as you say it is kind of third grade feminism but a lot of people in the world never got third grade feminism and i yep. think it's amazing that it connected to them so I, and again i reserve the right because of the echo i wonder if some of the jokes didn't time out for me properly sure. yeah because we had our little radio but then somebody way behind us had like a boom box Ugh. and it was causing this like really pronounced uh. delay on some of the sound. And, and, and I think, I think to myself, huh, is that why I didn't think some of these things were as funny sure. as other people did? Because people came away with, with like, it was a rollicking good time. And I was like, well, I didn't necessarily feel that. So when I can watch it at home, like, clearly see everything, clearly hear everything. That's when I'll, and plus my expectations will be tempered now. Oh, sure. So maybe, maybe I'll be in a place where I can freely enjoy what's there more mm-hmm. instead of looking for other stuff, you know? Yeah, fair. Um, I have two more comedy issues. What about you? I have at least one. All right. I'll throw, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw I one. I don't know of... if I have anything else. <laughs> well, cause mine are, I, this one is a straight comedy. So I'm a very odd one. Uh, again, on Netflix, I am rapidly cycling through my discs, and I am trying to bump up all those movies that have been in my queue for 10 years, like the ones that I always meant to watch and just didn't. And a lot of that, are they're also movies that are not easily accessible otherwise, so there are a lot of international films. So one that I had, I don't remember when I put it on, but I know it was a long time ago, was the Japanese film Tampopo, 1986. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with this 
it's a the, it's the ramen western kind of by by name i am but okay. i've never seen it this is a fucking delight of a movie Ooh, fun. It is so weird. Uh, the The easy explanation of it is uh, a woman who runs a noodle shop in Japan and she is trying to make better noodles. That's the simple synopsis. But it is done sort of like a Western where there's a truck driver who sort of kind of rolls into town and becomes like her mentor. There's all of these kind of little vignettes throughout of just that are just different kind of set pieces of, of food comedy. It is a movie about food, which is something that I realize like I really love and really enjoy. Uh, and so it is very much a celebration of food. There are some crazy sex scenes involving food. Uh, it is bizarre. I was laughing so hard. I It charmed me. It moved me. I cannot recommend this move hi- movie highly enough. I think it's on the Criterion, so it's probably accessible that way. Okay. That's, it, I was going to ask because you said you it was a disc, right? It was a disc. It, yeah. it was a Criterion disc that had like no features. So it was probably an older disc. Yeah. Um, I th- might even be on HBO Max some of that criterion stuff is there so it's not like impossible to find it is it 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 exists out in the world but i think you have to probably either have criterion or hbo for it Mm -hmm. but it is i will watch it again at some point i loved it it's so bizarre it is so made for me sounds fun Mm -hmm. it'll make you hungry too Uh, i i'm a fan of food in movies too um i think this is my last one uh, uh, Vacation Friends too. It's very funny when that movie keeps popping up in commercials and Brandon looks at me, he's like, I did not know there was a Vacation Friends one. And I'm like, I knew it existed. I did not see it. I did not know it was had such fanfare to merit a sequel. So tell me about the Vacation Friends <laughs> franchise. I liked the first one quite a bit. I thought it was really, really funny. Um, and it's John Cena mm-hmm. and Lil Rel and... Uh, Meredith Hagner, I believe is how you say her name. So she's she's in Search Party, oh, okay. tele- television program. Oh, is she the blonde? Um, yeah. Oh, she's hysterical in Search Party. Yes. So she's the whole reason I even watched the first Vacation. Understood. Friends. Understand. And I gave I gave that st- that movie like four stars or something, maybe even four and a half. I thought it was so funny, and she's so good. So I was pretty excited for this one, and it. It didn't hit the same way. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't work for me the same way the first one did. And I'm not sure if it's just me or if it was the movie. But like, I will highly recommend the first one. And if you like the first one, sure, watch this one. But I don't know if like, I don't. If you think that bl- that blonde woman is hysterical, then yeah, I, I'd say I'd say go for it because she's great. I haven't finished Search Party. I think I have to figure out where. It, I think it might have moved off HBO. I got to figure out where it is now. Uh, um, yeah. But she, to me, she is the highlight of it. I mm-hmm. find her hysterical. Me too. I love her in that show. She's she's really like fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last comedy question mark. Uh, it's another food movie. And I feel like it, it's a black, I think ultimately it's a black comedy. It is, even though it's on Shudder, so I, like you would think it's horror, but really it's not. It's Peter Strickland's Flux Gourmet. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Uh, do you know, you know Peter Strickland. He did uh, In Fabric and Barbarian Sound <gasps> oh, Studio. Oh, yes. yeah. Totally. Yep. yep. Yeah. So this is, <laughs> I mean, what, what a weird guy. And like, I say that with a smile, <laughs> like, it. This is, it is not serious. Like it is, it feels immediately like, oh no, this is surreal and funny and go with it and it's okay to laugh. 
Um, it's a uh, band and they're kind of performance artists whose thing is like doing sounds associated with food and that doesn't make sense at all and I'm not explaining it well but it works <laughs> um, there's wild outfits um, Gwendolyn Christie is in it and she's just every time she shows up she's Ooh. wearing something different and grand like and that. wild um, this is it's it's a lot of food and body stuff I think I'd be I don't know if for you this would be like really kind of how do I say it like comforting or really upsetting like we talked about like the bear being triggering in, in some aspects like yep. this is a lot of like the, your sort of entry into this is the guy whose job it is to sort of document what's happening and he is having severe stomach problems <laughs> so a lot of the movie is him like narrating about how he's trying to stop his farts and that is very funny but it like it is also like handled with care because there is like a big thing about that that has to do with where things go um so i don't know like i i watched it knowing i would i like it wasn't going to be a like let me sit down turn out the lights like no no no. i know this is going to be a weird thing that i'm going to have on and pause and get up and pause and get up uh i will go back to it one of these days because it i think all of his stuff kind of merits that second view um it's a recommend it's just like i don't know what to tell you as far as what you're getting into you're getting into some weird shit yeah, weird shit can be okay, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, sometimes the wrong or the right weird shit will make me go like, oh, I question all my life choices. I don't think you will in this case. I think okay. I think if anything, this will amuse you. It had, oh, um, I know we talked about it recently, and we talked about like Duel and The Lobster, like, I feel like it kind of is on that rhythm of sort of this. I do this, love that. Yeah, it's, it's like a black comedy that that's surreal, but handled very as if it's not strange at all and there's something mm -hmm. really appealing about that when it's done well uh, and it's like the same cast he's worked with in several movies now so it feels like everybody is on the same wavelength so like mm -hmm. there's nothing that stands out as far as like oh this took me out of it like no 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 like you're in this weird ride and everybody's there with you sounds uh, sounds good I'm, yeah. i made a note I made good, a good. Note. it's on shutter all right those are my comedies uh what genre should we move to next do you have any like um Drama. Dra drama? I have drama. Should Steam. we do dr should drama. we do drama and thrillerish together? <gasps> yes, we should, because okay. I have both of those for once. Okay. Give me uh your uh one of your dramas or thrillers. Um okay, well this isn't a recommend. This is just I wanna say that I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So my mom had recommended that I watch uh the movie called Secret in Their Eyes, which is came out with I I know this. I've heard this title. Is secret or secrets? Secret. In their eyes. In there. I can't remember how to spell there. Oh no, maybe I don't know this. Okay, Academy Award. Uh, okay, no, I don't know this. Tell me, tell me more. My mom was convinced I would like it. It's Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts. Um, and I really like Nicole. Like I really like. Nicole Kidman, my mom like knows that. She's like, oh, I watched this movie. I think you, I think you'll like it. And I kind of looked at the synopsis and I was like, oh, murdered daughter, cr crimes. What? No, I don't want this. And she's like, no, I promise you, it's very good. And, and I was, was it? It just wasn't your thing. No, 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 no. My mom. I, there's a couple on here actually that my mom suggested that I really liked. So like, high five to her. But this one, <laughs> she's just really off the mark. 
And I, I was I mostly mentioning it because I was curious if you had seen it. I had cause... not. No, I'm looking through. What a wow! Look at that cast: Alfred Molina, I mean. Dean Norris, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's all there. Like it feels like one of them big fat like early two thousands movies with like like nice big sets and like they're actually filming at Grand Central Station. Like it felt kind of mm. like that. There was the promise of like. Of, of of something of your uh, of olden times and then I watched it and I was like no this isn't What's interesting, I'm looking, because what came up first was a different movie. I'm like, oh, I typed in the wrong movie. No, it, I think it's a remake yep. of a Spanish language film. I don't know what country. Which makes me think, like, I feel like that always happens with, like, Vanilla Sky that happened. Like, when you, mm-hmm. when, like, oh, this was a great movie that just wasn't in our language, so let's make it for an American audience and some, something gets lost along the way quite often. I I wish, but I found that out after I watched this too. I didn't really look into it until after. And then I was like, oh, there's an original version. Well, I should have just watched that then. <laughs> Not to say that Hollywood versions of things are inherently bad, but I don't know. This was from 2015 and I just, I didn't, I wouldn't have, I don't feel confident about. Well, the fact that it's cinema. Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts in a movie together and I didn't right. know that existed. Like that, yeah. that kind of tells you something didn't fully connect. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. All right. So on the topic of Americans remaking foreign films in their language, I'm going to go the reverse route because I watched a Russian film that is based on a American story. So this, again, was a movie that was like on my radar for years and on my Netflix queue for years and finally decided to watch it. This is 2006, I think, 12, which is a Russian retelling of 12 angry men oh fun yeah uh i i really liked it until the last minute i actually had a huge issue with the ending because i thought that just didn't make sense for the integrity of the film uh but it's cool i mean 12 angry men is so good you've seen 12 angry men right uh, 12 angry men is one of my yeah one of my favorite i thought, it was, I, I thought you were one of those people that like used to watch it all the time yeah uh, yeah for sure I, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid i yeah. don't know i was weird it's so good no but it's so good like and it's it's a great like yeah it's great bones of something and so this is a completely russian movie it is a similar thing of a foreign in this case it's a foreigner it's a chechenian um is accused of murder and here's the jury and it's all men and they're all russian men from various backgrounds and they're you know stuck debating it and it's it's very long it's almost it's like 240 i think and it moves really like i didn't feel the length at all like i knew sitting down i'm like we might not get get through this all tonight we might have to like stop it and go to bed but i was like riveted i it it was not i was not going to stop it um great acting just really an interesting way of doing it I just had a problem with the the very very ending. I thought like, oh, you've you've told this very interesting Russian story where even after you get like around the bend of people making the right decision, then there's this question of what is the right decision, which was so thoughtful, and then it sort of ends with this kind of tacked on coda that to me didn't felt so tonally ill-fitting um but it's totally worth it for two hours and 40 minutes so i recommend it i watched it as a netflix disc i don't know if it's streaming anywhere uh, but yeah. put it on your radar it might be it might could be on canopy or something it might be i can i can maybe check that's that feels like the type of thing that i could rent at the video oh definitely store. that yeah. like feels feels like that level <laughs> yeah i think it was academy award nominated like i feel like yeah. it it had as much success as a 
Russian film would have had at that time. So mm-hmm. that was uh, a good uh, suggestion. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, I found a movie in one of my favorite genres, which is a desert road trip mm. truck. Like your your breakdowns, your mm-hmm. and it's hot and you ran out of water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So from two thousand two. This movie is called Disappearance, hmm. and it stars Harry Hamlin and <gasps> Susan Day. Ooh. You, as somebody who came of age with Clash of the Titans, I <laughs> will never turn down a Harry Hamlin appearance. Um, I, it is a soft recommend. I believe mm-hmm. it's on Tubi. It is not as, it's not that good. But, <laughs> if, if you, but if you like that scene where somebody finds, like, a ravine full of abandoned old cars. <gasps> you know I do. Then you should watch it because okay. it it does the things I like in those movies, but it just doesn't do them like super well or super efficiently. But it's still that kind of movie. Okay. Plus, Susan Day is in it. I mean, come on. And Harry Hamlin. Yeah, Harry Hamlin's really fun to watch in it, I will say. <sighs> nice, nice. Okay, I'll add it to my long queue. I, a lot of mine are Tubi this time. I really dug in. Interesting. Um, let's see, the, the last of my dramas. Uh, another Netflix disc rental, and it reminded me, like, my gosh, how do I keep forgetting that, um, what is his first name? Uh, Kurosawa, but not that one. The other Kurosawa, who did Pulse and Cure. Oh. Uh, was I know. Uh, I... Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Yep, there it is. How I do I forget? I think like... of Akira. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I always want to say, like, no, no, the other one. Um, my God. I forget that every time I watch one of his movies, I am just like dumbstruck by how good they are. Uh, So Tokyo Sonata from early 2000s is not a horror film. Um, It's the first of his films that I've seen that is not a horror film, but it is not like, it's a drama, but it's kind of like, I thought it was going to like Michael Haneke seventh continent territory because it feels like that. It's very tense. Um, Just this regular suburban family, the dad works a very kind of bureaucratic job. He loses his job and sort of, but can't admit that he did. So he keeps like putting on a suit and going out and slowly, like his entire family unit starts collapsing. Uh, this is strange. It is haunting. It is, uh, I thought it was going to be very depressing. It's not. It's actually, there's a lot of uplifting aspects to Ooh, it. Um, it is, riveting so again it's i think this is also criterion it is so it's out the same places um very very powerful watch i you are a very you're a fan of of pulse right i love pulse yeah yeah i i need to watch that i need to put that on my list because yes i need to delve more into this person's filmography clearly i think um it's funny because i've been debating like i I want, I've been itching to rewatch Pulse and I've been debating mm-hmm. whether I want to watch it with my husband because I think the other aspect of Pulse, I feel like it, with that's a movie that I think every couple of years I go back to it. And the first time I watched it, that was one of those movies that to me was one of the scariest first time watches. Yeah, you did say that. The second time didn't hit me the same way. But I, but I remember watching it the second time and then like realizing I was having nightmares a few days later. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a movie that um, was probably a very hard movie during heights of COVID to watch or during heights of lockdown, I should say. Because I think the aspect of like loneliness and connection and there's mm-hmm. stuff to that that 
probably really hit um, if all of that was hitting you at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I want to watch it, but I'm like, I don't know, is it too dark to watch anytime soon? Uh, well, and Cure that, is also fantastic. That's why I hadn't watched that, that, the original Pulse, because I watched the, the, the remake. <laughs> remake, and it is, it, it's almost incomprehensible. It's, it's like terrible, it, yeah. And, and when we talked about it here, you mentioned, oh, you should really check out the original. The original one it's so good and i'm like i don't think i can <laughs> I, it's still not fully like it's i mean it's not that it's not linear like it is not a really clear story even the original but mm-hmm. it you don't need to know why things are happening it's just if you watch it with the lights out it is it will like seep into you in very yeah. very effective ways yeah I got to gear up for it. It's yeah. on my list, but I, I'm too I'm too afraid. I mean, at this point, it's like 20-something years old, so you could watch it for Spooktober. That's true. Yeah. As a, as it's a, a classic. As a classic. It yep. is a classic. It can vote now. It can drink now. It can do all those true. things. It can rent a car. Um, <laughs> let's see. For I, I have thrillers and mysteries. I have two for once. I never have thrillers and mysteries. Oh, so, yeah. I can just kind of shove all mine together and because I have a couple Ooh, keep going. of stuff. So I won't, I don't want to really talk at length about this, but I rewatched Sliver again. I feel like I watched it last year. Sliver, the have... Sharon Stone or the, yes. okay. The Sharon Stone. If you have not seen the 1993 uh, Baldwin Stone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that Billy? Sliver. Yes. It, okay. w- William Baldwin. Yes. Um, I call him Billy. We're close. Who I think wrote a, a letter of support for that rapist, uh, that 70s show rapist. So I'm not saying this is not an endorsement of that man, but I do think that I, I'm obsessed with this movie. I, <laughs> it's wild. It's pretty wild. So it's everything that I want a movie to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're one of those people that have just been like, I don't need to watch Sliver. No, you that do. movie's old. Yes, you please do. And then. And then talk to me about it. I feel like Sharon Stone's fashion in that movie is really on point. It's, yes. Everything she's doing is really good and interesting. She's great in that, yeah. Yeah. She's She's a fucking movie star. Like, I remember watching, what is the, um, what's the Wes Craven movie, Death something, Deadly Whisper, is that it? That she's in, like, Deadly Blessing, that's it. Thank you, thank you. she just shows up at the end and fucking eats. She's just so beautiful standing there. I remember, like, I watched the movie, it's been a while, but I remember, like, watching it, and, like, when she shows up, whenever it is, every time she's on screen, you're like, my God, this is a fucking movie star. She's just, her voice, her look, everything. She, like, she, she is who she is for a very specific reason, and nobody else can do that. There's a specific shot during, like, towards the end, if not right at the end, where I just remember just there was like a room full of people, and she was like there, and I was like, "You can't not look. It's just exactly. her. Exactly. No one else exists in this yeah. room." So Sliver, not a like, not a great script by any means, but she she is not the problem in that movie. No, she's not the problem in that movie, and it's um based on an Ira Levin. Um, that's right it is yeah 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 yeah. which i don't know if it's that good because i think it was maybe the last thing he wrote or it was very late in his career so and i know the general consensus is his quality fell off Mm -hmm. quite a bit but like again there are worse things you can watch everybody watch sliver yeah uh i have one that was a like gaping hole in my filmography and i i would bet a lot of money that you have seen this movie more than once i had never seen rope Mm. Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. rope. Um, 
it's not my favorite, but it's I do obviously enjoy it, and it it's, it did a thing. It does exactly. a thing. I mean, the thing. It's great. <laughs> it, does, it does a few things, actually. Like, it does the big thing of, is this one shot? Mm-hmm. Uh, it It is a, like, a movie about a killer trying to get away with it. Uh, and there are totally gay elements to it. Yep. Which, like, I'm watching it, I'm like, this, we're just, like, I mean, it's obvious, right? But it, like, it's, you know, it's, and it's, I guess, post-Hays Code, or, he'll, like, Hitchcock kind of didn't care about the Hays Code, so he got, got around <laughs> a lot of it. Um but yeah, it's it's great. It's riveting. It's uh, it's funny. Um, it's really funny. Yeah, it's great. Great performances. Very, very, very great performances. Yeah, but I, I was surprised at how funny it was. How much I was laughing, and sort of like, kind of like in that like snickering, kind of like ooh, evil way. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it's like a romp. I would just. Yeah. It's like I know it's about murder and it's very dark, but like it, it feels like there's elements to it that feel slapsticky. It mm-hmm. feels. Sometimes like a farce at times. Yes, it does. It feels farcical. You're completely right. It's I do enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll rewatch it. Why not? Um, I watched a movie that wasn't very good, and I only mention it because it was written by uh, the gentleman that wrote The Ruins, which we just talked about. So it's a movie from 2019, so semi recently. The Burnt Orange Heresy. That's a title. It is. I love it actually. I. So Scott Smith adapted it from an existing work, I think. Um, Overall, I was very disappointed. It was not intriguing or fun. But uh, Mick Jagger is really good in it. Oh, fascinating. That is my strange review of a strange movie I watched. I yeah, that's I mean that that is something that will will get some people to just watch a movie. Oh, Donald Sutherland is there. He was good too. Mm -hmm. Well, he's always good. He's always good, yeah. Um, I thought, like, oh, you know, this this Scott Smith character. I'm I like what he's put mm-hmm. down, and so I just, you know, we had been kind of kicking around watching it, like, because it's like an adult drama, sure. mystery kind of thing. But it was really, it just really felt flat. Mm, okay, interesting. You've seen a Simple Plan, right? I have not. <gasps> oh, it's so good. I know. It's I, that's one to look forward to watching. <laughs> There are some things, and I think I've said it to you, there are truly things at this point that I'm just putting off because, like, I'll only be able to watch it for the first time once. Ooh, I love that. I actually love the way you said that. Because it is totally <laughs> like, true. Like, I know I know, I need to watch it. Because, speaking of Hitchcocks, there are, there are three or four Hitchcock movies I've never watched. Mm-hmm. Because I... I'll never have a new Hitchcock movie yeah. to watch, so why do I want to blow them all now? I mean, that's what my thoughts on both a lot of books and Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to ever have watched all of the Murder, She Wrote. I want to always know I can pick one at random and be surprised. And it's similar yeah. with some of my favorite authors where I, you know, want to devour everything they've written, but I also don't ever want to not be able to read something they've written for the first time. So yeah. I go very slow and I try to jump around and take years between reading an author's books. Yeah. yeah especially, especially if you know for a fact you're never going to get yes, when any, it's any more content. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about De Palma, too. There's a couple of De Palmas yeah. I haven't watched where I'm like, well... I I, this might be it for the rest of my life yeah. for De Palma output. I like that. Um, so one writer who I'm not afraid of ever running out of her stuff because she wrote a lot. Uh, both Brandon and I recently read Crooked House by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, it's a good one. And it's very like, Brandon read it. He's like, I think you should read this. And I read it. I'm like, oh, I get why. Oh, I won't spoil it. But like, 
it's definitely a murder mystery made for me for very specific mm-hmm. reasons. So there was a film adaptation a couple years ago with a ridiculous cast. Did, did you know this? A recent one? 2017, I think. Oh, wait, did I watch that so one? So Glenn Close. It? Yes, I watched uh, that one. Yeah, Glenn Close, Christina Hendricks, uh, yeah, Jillian yeah, Anderson, yeah, so Julian so Sands. Um, the the little girl who plays Josephine was in the uh, Christmas Prince movies. Yep. And I always really liked her in that. So it was fun to see her again. Um, it's As a film adaptation, it was good. I would say it was solid. Um, Brandon made a good point, which is it wasn't as funny uh, like that that's a book that feels like it has a very sharp sense of humor to it which mm-hmm. doesn't quite come across as much it was a little more serious um but like clearly Gillian Anderson is having a ball yeah. um Glenn Close is having a lot of fun uh, Max I is it Max I- Irons is that his name he's Jeremy Irons' son or grandson oh. right I assume. I don't know, maybe. I just assume if your last name matches a famous person and you're in Hollywood and you're not overly talented, that you are probably the son of somebody famous. Mm. I find him very bland. I don't know if I know who this is. I'm going to go look him up. Um, He, I have to, I mean, if he is not Jeremy Irons' son, I'd be very shocked. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Jeremy Irons' son. He is very dull. Um, I have seen him show up in a, he was in the V.C. Andrews, one of those adaptations. Um, I feel like he's, he was in something else. He's just, I don't know. He's very good looking. He's tall. He is fine. He's playing a character that is also the least interesting character in the book as well. But like, he just, I don't know, is one of those very, like, I feel like he will start getting the parts that Army Hammer was getting because he is that oh, type physically. Yeah. Um, you know what? He's he was in that that Amanda Seyfried Red Riding Hood movie. <gasps> oh my God, he was. That was Brad, and, That was the first movie Brandon and I saw in the theater together. Oh yeah. What a terrible, lovely choice. It was great because it was like we both laughed at it, so I knew I liked him. Yep. It's a good, it's a good litmus test. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's the only thing I really re- recognize him from. Yeah, he's, but, he's like, very I see blind. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I see yeah. what you're saying. Because I saw that Crooked House and I don't recognize him from. Right, because you wouldn't remember him at all. You'd remember like Jillian Anderson with her Cleopatra haircut, but damn not right the rest I do. Of him. Yeah, um, yeah. But those are my dramas. You have more okay. drama, thriller, mystery. I have a thriller. It is called Dismissed. This is a high recommend. Hmm. It is called Dismissed from 2017 it stars cole sprouse's brother dylan sprouse so i've seen this movie it is so it's really good (laughs) oh my gosh this is good this i thought this was a lifetime movie when i started watching it and i still don't know if it wasn't but it felt like one but then you're like oh no this is good it can't be it felt like that's how I described it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was pitching it. I was I was lightly pitching it, and I was like, "It's like a like a Lifetime movie, but like genuinely good." Exactly. <laughs> not not to say that Lifetime movies can't be good, but right. I think there's this perception that it's they're not real. They don't need to be trashy. good. They they don't need yeah. to be good to satisfy their viewer. So often, because of time and money, they don't. They can only try so hard. This, there are plenty this, of exceptions, but this fucking hit it worked for me yeah great it was fun it was over the top it was goofy it was melodramatic it was all the things i wanted and uh it was it was good high recommend and it hits that sweet spot because it is something that you and i have talked about before of something that is very scary is a teenage boy Yep. Right? And that's the thing. It's this overachieving student that has a new teacher and he doesn't like he gets a bad grade and he just 
like demolishes the teacher's life. Oh. It's all really satisfying because mm-hmm. he's he's shitty and it's he's easy to hate. Yep. And so like it's fun when he does nasty stuff, but then when he gets come up and so he's like almost gonna get caught, you're like, good, you jerk. It's really satisfying in a lot of ways. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, do you have any action? I do actually. Okay. Oh, so I'll hold off on that then. I also watched, this is, I would call this a drama thriller. I watched um, 2023's, so this year, The Passenger, directed by Carter Smith, who directed The Ruins. Mm, okay. And who is fast becoming it, one of my maybe top five modern nice. creatives. This movie, it stars Kyle Gallner. So honestly, Yay. just show up for that. But it's um, phenomenal. It is outstanding. I'm excited to see that. I know it's, I don't think it's streaming anywhere yet. I think it's rentable. So we, yeah, we rented it as soon, almost as soon as we were able because um, Zach really liked his other movie, I think from earlier this year, Swallowed, Mm -hmm. as as did I, I liked it quite a bit. So we were really like buzzing to see it. And that doesn't happen very often anymore where you're like, Ooh, a new person I like has a movie starring a person I like. Um, So yes. So once it's streaming, I'll try to remember or to remind everyone, but please keep your eye out definitely. for it. It's so good. Yep, definitely. Um, drama, drama, drama. Let's see. Uh, I feel like I have something else, but I'm going. Uh, this is drama thriller. I'm not going to go into detail. It's a second second time I'm recommending it, but I rewatched the movie Till Death starring Megan Fox. That's right. Well, I remember when you had watched that, I remember making a note of it and saying, okay, I need to watch this because Christine liked it. Re- I rewatched it and I was really afraid I wasn't going to still like it, but I still really like it. Good, good. I, uh, I liked it. I didn't, I think it was smaller than I thought it would be, but but also didn't like, I don't know, when it's a very small movie, I want it to be like perfect, right? It's, uh-huh. it's like I always say, like on Project Runway, if you're making a simple dress, it's got to be a perfectly simple, be a perfect dress. dress yeah. um, and I felt like it, it didn't quite like fully... Like there was like leaking a little bit, if that makes sense. No, I get that. I think I was probably overly forgiving of a couple things just because I find her so fun to watch. Oh, and she was great in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just probably, but like, I really went into it like, okay, well this proves that I was, I just needed something and I'm ridiculous and this is not a good movie. But I was like, wait, no, I still really like this movie. Good. Good. Um, oh, I have a couple more, but I think they're worth mentioning. Um, Do it. I watched... A new submarine movie, which would be K-19, The Widowmaker. Okay, wait, it's, a new, isn't that? It's from... not new, it's new to me. It's from 2002. <laughs> I was going to say, I have vague memories of that being some time ago. No, it's a Catherine Bigelow movie from literally like... It is Catherine Bigelow, I thought so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was new to me, I had never seen it. Um, it was horrifying and I loved it. Nice, that's Harrison it... Ford, right? No, Liam Neeson, oh. I think. Okay. Right? Um, You're the one that watched it. Yeah. No, it is Harrison. Oh, it's Harrison, it's Harrison Ford, Ford and Liam Neeson. Hey. All right. We did it together. Um, and uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Um, it was. It's about like a nuclear sub. Mm. So like it's that. So if you don't like people who have like poisoning and things falling off them maybe don't watch it oh no that's my kind of thing you know that. but like it was it was icky and upsetting in like a whole different way very nice all right okay this is my last one for no this is action i'm done all right well let's move over to action (laughs) 
Okay. Hit me. No, you, oh, you, you me? flow in. Do it. I am excited about this. This is a recommend. They remade kind of River Wild. Okay. I have seen it go by on Hulu. I've seen some people talk positively of me of it. Tell me. So it's River Wild. So it's a ri- river rafting movie. Um, it's not a remake of the original River Wild, which is a movie I watched on repeat as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still people river rafting and in like in peril um so the spirit is there but it's leighton meester and adam brody nice they're probably married oh my god if they are good for both of them i I don't know i know they both married people that were in that same world of like teenage shows i don't remember if it was each other or not i have no clue i I love Adam Brody so much. I think he's so fun. And I I don't know, Leighton Meester has become my patron saint. I, I like her a lot. Yeah. So it was this is like, oh, of course we have to watch this. It's not like no one's no one's winning any any Oscars off this movie or anything. It's not changing lives, but I think it's really fun and really zippy and uh looks good for I think the bu- the the budget I assume it has. Mm, nice. So that's a recommend from me. Nice. That's, I kind of got onto, it's a like good timing on that one because we got it, or at least, no, I got into a bit of a like survivalist horror kick. Mm. So we watched, it was a, my brother-in-law recommended it, a movie on, it's on Hulu now called Backcountry. It's directed by the guy who made something that I like. What did he, what did he make? Oh, the guy who did, um, whatchamacallit, he did uh, Pie, Pie Whacket, which is a good horror film a couple years oh, ago. Oh, I still haven't watched that. It's good. It's good. Okay. Um, so Backcountry is a very small movie. It is not, it's, uh, so this couple, they go hiking in the wilderness because the guy's like, he's been there before. He knows where he's going. They don't need a map. He knows what he's doing. And she's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I have to go back, get back to work on Monday. And guess what? He didn't know where he was going. Um, and now they're stuck in the woods and they're low on food and there's a bear. There's a hungry bear out there. Um, and it is just basically these two people trying to now survive in the woods. Uh, it's very short. It's like an hour 20. So it's very like, no, 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 like we're moving along. Um, it does other things too, where you like, it's building tension in other ways. Um, what's his name? Eric Balfour shows up in the beginning and you're like, Ooh, what's this going to be? And it, it goes somewhere interesting. Um, it's the two leads are great. Like they're, they're very good together and it kind of depends on the two of them uh, having this like, you know, loving, but very fragile relationship. Uh, and it's good survivalist horror, which after this, like I, I went on a spree of, I shouldn't be alive episodes and stuff. Ooh. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's worth a watch. Hmm. All right. I think this is my, my last one and it's a biggie. Ooh. It's a, it's a real divisive one. <sighs> Um, Lay it on me. Meg two. Uh, I, I, I did I not watch s- Meg two. <laughs> did you, so? You, and you saw Meg one. I did not like Meg one okay. at all. I have not seen either. Uh, did you like Meg two? I loved it. <gasps> Good. Uh, how wonderful. It's, it's directed by Ben Wheatley. It's Ben Wheatley. Yeah. It's it's semi relevant. Everyone seemed to like the first Meg. They thought it was like really effective or whatever i didn't i don't know why it just didn't work mm-hmm. for me and i was like ew i don't want to see the meg 2 and then and then people were like the meg 2 is terrible and i was like, like well now i, I guess i have to see the meg 2 <laughs> fastest way to get me to see a movie 
Well, if it's if if you liked the one I didn't like, and now you're saying this one's bad, and I know mm-hmm. I like the director, yeah. well, sign me the fuck up. And so I was I was pleasantly surprised. I guess I I thought it was really fun. It's what I want from a shark mo- nice. movie, and I think the Meg Prime was what maybe other people are looking for in a shark movie. Mm. Like I just want a shark to attack things and people to run around and it to be bedlam and chaos. Yeah. And I maybe want somebody to like punch a shark or like do something absurd because it's a giant shark. It should be kind of right. absurd, right? And and that's the thing about shark movies that I know I've had a problem with in the past is that so many shark movies. And I forgot, I um forgot we forgot about documentary, but I watched Shark Exploitation on Shudder, directed mm-hmm. by Steven Scarlatta, which is very exciting. Woo! Uh yeah. and it it's great. It goes into, you know, so many so many very, very specific details about shark movies. The one of the things about that subgenre that for me gets very stale is like, well, what can you do? Like, don't fall in the water and you'll get eaten by a shark. And so so many movies, I think of the reef as the prime example of this. Every moment of tension in the reef is a character in the water swimming and the camera moving at them. And will they get out of the water in time? Mm-hmm. And it's like they're, because sharks are always moving. There's only so much you can do with a shark that you have to be very creative in your filmmaking to make that work. Um, so when you do something like the Meg or when you have a gigantic shark, okay, well, now we have more room to play, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So play um, with it well. Yeah. I So I liked it. and I recommend it, but I I full well understand that other people did not feel the same way. Mm. Um, So I didn't watch any of the Megs, but I did. And this is actually (laughs) very tied to backcountry. I was like, after that, I'm like, yeah, I want more like survival-y stuff. So I go on Amazon, I watch I Shouldn't Be Alive. And then the first thing that comes up on my recommends, which apparently came up on everybody's recommends because it was like Amazon's biggest debut ever, was a movie I had not heard of, but I saw the poster. I'm like, yeah, sure. I was going to throw this on because I'm doing other stuff. And this looks like good background entertainment. The Black Demon. Yeah, I shut it off four minutes into it. I think. <laughs> what the, you didn't like the racist American family or. I don't know. It just, it started immediately. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I don't know what this movie was. I watched the whole thing. Um, did you it, like it? I don't know. Interesting. This, uh, like, I don't even know what genre this goes in. Like, is it is it action? Is it horror? Is it, I don't know. Um, it it took me, I, I was curious enough and I was, like, lazy enough that I'm like, ah, eh, all right, let's, keep, let's see where this goes. Because I really couldn't figure out whether the movie was about racism or was kind of racist. Like, that was one thing that was kind of, boggling through my head was it was very like oh here's this family and, and the mother is, is i believe supposed to be mexican and the the father is as white as you can mm-hmm. be josh charles and they um like they're in mexico in the small town and like he's an asshole like he's just doing that like american asshole thing everywhere he goes but then he leaves and immediately like the locals at the bar threaten to rape the the woman and daughter and i'm watching this thinking like or is this really like what we're doing here? But then we get to the the shark, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, was this movie supernatural? I think it was. There, there's parts of like, oh, he this the dad was responsible for like basically helping this oil company poison the waters, 
and now the I think the spirits were punishing the family for this. I don't know. I don't know what happened to this movie. I know that it was entertaining enough and there was a giant shark and it was pretty to look at water um, that I stuck with it. But I really this is the worst review of all time because I have no <gasps> idea where I landed on this movie. That's so funny. I I you know that I struggle with like bailing on stuff like I sometimes yeah. feel like if I've started it like I need to to finish it i owe it to the movie to give to see the whole thing before i pass final judgment mm. but this one i just i just couldn't do for some reason something was telling me you are not going to be happy if you finish this movie i don't know what there is something off about it and i and i can't really like verbalize it correctly mm-hmm. because i don't know kind of maybe whose movie it is what exactly like, what the audience is because it feels like it's going to be pretty rough um but then also you realize pretty quickly you're like no the kids are gonna live right yeah they're not gonna kill the kids and had they i think that would have changed things dramatically for my enjoyment of the movie which sounds yeah. terrible but it like tells you like they they didn't they were kind of deciding the stakes as they went it felt I, I was just thinking it sounds like they didn't have very clear stakes so like that's i i take issue with that a lot of times like if i don't know how i'm supposed to you're it's your job to tell me how i'm supposed to approach this or feel about this but if you're not giving me like clear stakes then i don't i don't yeah. know should i care like that's interesting i'm fascinated i'm fascinated by your by your uh, experience watching this yeah i i I was tired of that day but it was one of those like (laughs) very strange watches for me where it's rare that i am so confused about whether i enjoyed something or not because i think i was in such a mood for that kind of movie that it came up on my screen i'm like oh fabulous this is exactly (laughs) what i want right now and it wasn't quite that but because i think i was so primed for it i was probably like all right cool yeah oh the sh- oh yeah there's a oh i know exactly what's gonna happen with the shot like we're gonna see they're gonna pull him up and he's gonna just his legs aren't there yep his legs aren't there like but there's something comforting in that sometimes totally i totally get it i totally get it yeah 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 any more action adventure sci-fi um, did i mention i watched first blood Last time we I talked. I don't think so. First Blood meaning Rambo? Rambo. I wow, had never seen it. you had not. No. Oh, that is quite a first watch. Isn't that strange? Like, it, it's one of those things. I've seen sequels. I, I've read things. It's in pop culture. So you just go, eh. I've seen but it. I, and yet, First Blood is so different than it really when is. you say Rambo, what you think of. First Blood is not that at all. Yeah. It was, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm glad I watched it. I think I would rewatch it maybe before I rewatched any of the other random mm-hmm. movies. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, I, I do enjoy like young Stallone too. He's great yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Like I find him really captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you, so if like me, you've not watched first blood for some reason, um, you should, I'm really trying to get in there and like pinpoint those big holes mm. I have. Um, Cause I get a lot of like enjoyment of like, Oh, I fully understand this pop culture thing now. Yes, it, it's exciting when you do and when it surprises you. I think that's the most exciting part. Mm-hmm. And I feel like First Blood is a, is a good example of that because you you know the character, you know the like effect on cinema and stuff. But then you watch that movie and it's, oh no, this is a movie about the, you know, PTSD and being a For war sure. vet. Like, yeah. this is not a feel-good action movie at all. This isn't a pro. This is actually a very 
um, kind of an indictment against how America treats its military. <laughs> like it is mm-hmm. not Rambo mm-hmm. two, which is yeehaw. It's it's very mm-hmm. strange in that way where that franchise went, but it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely. And I think a, a lot of people kind of maybe like me, I knew that like, oh, this is mm-hmm. very different. But I guess I didn't realize how yeah. contemplative and how like deep it digs into that. Yeah, It's not just a passing thing like, oh, war is bad and this person didn't come out good from it. Right. Is No, it's a lot more explicit. Than yeah. That. I mean, he has a monologue in tears at the end. That yeah, is I did not gripping. expect it. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um. I have a couple more. Do it. Um, the Wrath of Becky. So I didn't, this is apparently a sequel to another movie about Becky that I didn't know yeah. existed. Yes. Have you seen the first Becky? Yes. The so you were a first, Becky fan. The Yes. The first Becky is Lulu Wilson, um, who, if you know who Lulu Wilson is, then you do. She's do. a child actress. You you do know who she is. Think she's in Ouija or, Origin of Evil, among other things. Um, um, I believe you. She looks so much like other. Oh, she. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Curly on uh, Hill House. Okay, she's Mike yeah, Flanagan, the yeah. uh, protege. Yeah. Yes. So I and Becky is her and and primarily Kevin James, like King of Queens, Kevin James, um, and he's like a, a neo Nazi in it, trying to break into her house. Fascinating. So it's like a kid, like staving off a home invasion. Nice, but like nice. not in a cute Home Alone way. It's, mm-hmm. But it's really fun. It's really bloody. It's really extreme. That Becky character is really great. And like you get a lot of bad guys getting their comeuppance type of stuff. So Becky is a hard recommend for me. Okay. But uh, Wrath of Becky was kind of disappointing. Ah. I think it for me, what appealed to me in the original wasn't really present in the second Mm. one. Um, but like, if you just want bloody gags, maybe you would be like, oh, well, it's, it's bloody and fun. So I like it just as much. Okay. Good to know. It is a different filmmaking team, which is interesting. Yeah. That first, that first Becky had, it had a different vibe, I would say. Um, but like, I like that movie a lot, like to the point where I might rewatch it someday. (laughs) Like it was fun. I see there is a dog on the cover. Is a dog Okay. I'm almost positive. I don't okay. usually watch things. Oh, yeah. I think the dog's like a straight up hero. Okay. Good, good. All right. Then maybe I'll give it a chance. All right. Keep going. What else you got? I have one sci-fi. Let's hear it. Uh, they clone Tyrone. I have heard intriguing things about this. Tell me. I adored it. Nice. Um, it's uh, John Boyega, um, Jamie Foxx, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, that beautiful woman who um, from Mad Men, right? Who plays who plays that? Who plays Monica Rambo, right? And mm-hmm. Tayona something. Yeah, I can't think of her name, and I don't have it in front of me. Let me get there. Yeah, yeah, she's the best fucking part of this movie. Nice. I liked it a lot. I've seen some mixed um, takes on it, so I'm hesitant to be like, "You'll love it." But I liked it. I thought it was really fun and high concept and, and goofy in appropriate places. I laughed a lot. And nice. It, so, but like, I just saw somebody who I really respect gave it like two stars yesterday. Mm. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> what did I miss something in this movie? <laughs> no, the consensus I was hearing was very positive. Most of the reviews I heard and the people I saw discussing it were were pretty keen on it. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. It, I don't remember where i watched it where is it is that netflix uh yes it's netflix originally. yeah um i liked it a lot 
Nice. Very nice. It's cloning stuff too, which is my shit. I love shit. cloning I stuff. Like, yeah. I love clones and dual mm-hmm. people and like the dichotomy of yeah, blah, blah, blah. So okay. like, it's cool. Nice. And then all I have left is horror. Okay. Uh, I had one more documentary that I'd forgotten to write down, but um, there is a documentary out there. I think it was like a Kickstarter thing. So I don't know that it's streaming anywhere, but it is Who Done It? Uh, the story behind Clue. What? Yeah. It's a fan documentary. It's like one guy who spent the last several years compiling interviews with everybody he could. Um, it's very like, it feels a little like homemade shabby, but he gets Michael McKean. He gets Leslie Ann Warren. He gets, um, like he gets the big guns that he could. And apparently this is like so sad. He was scheduled to actually interview Tim Curry, but then this is the the filmmaker. He had a he thought he had COVID, or there was a chance he had COVID, so he had mm-hmm. to like call it off because Tim Curry is also very ill. Um, so it's a shame because my God, I would have killed to hear Tim Curry today talk about Clue. So yeah. you don't get that, but you get everybody talking about it. Like it gets very granular where there's like the prop person talking about something. Like it's you know it, it's a little bit like very much that like I'm a fan and I I tried to compile everything I could to you know put in front of you which is it's clue so one of the the greatest movies that didn't get it to do um so it's it's nice and there's some good stories there's some things i didn't know that i learned watching it Mm. um it's it's worth checking out i don't know again where you can find it we just i think like brandon like pre-ordered it like two years ago because i think this guy like has been like raising money to finish it um and he finally did and it's out there so if you love Clue, which of course you do, if you've seen Clue, you know how great it is. Uh, it's it's a nice little poke there. Yeah, that's my husband's favorite movie, arguably. It's so great, of course. Uh, I would say. I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite movie, right? But it's it, it definitely is the movie that can get put on at any time mm-hmm. or quoted about anything. I'm gonna look into this, see if I can track the stuff. Yeah, do what you can there. Um, so do you, are you ready to dive into horror, or do you need a quick break? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Lay it on me. What you got? Well, I have a really good one, and I don't know if I want to leave that Ooh. for it. Oh, I have a couple really good ones. I Do I have any good ones? I feel like mine are, <laughs> mine are pretty rough this, this go-around. I have oh. one really good one that was actually, it was a, a you recommended. I, I had put it on my queue, but then when you talked about it, I was like, well, now I need to bump this up and watch it sooner. Oh, what is it? Eric's Revenge, Phantom of the Mall. Yes! Isn't it fun? Oh my God, it's so much fun. It is the like, <laughs> I sat down and I and I knew I'm like, okay, I'm probably gonna have a good time here. What am I gonna get? Oh my God, I didn't know I was gonna get Morgan Fairchild in mm-hmm. a V-neck blue sequin gown with giant earrings. I didn't know I was gonna get Polly Shore doing prop humor. Yep. Um, I didn't know I was gonna get like Death by Cobra a car chase in a parking garage like Mm -hmm. this scratched every single itch i ever have it was it was wonderful it's real fun it's real good yeah i'm glad you liked it yeah it's it was a a joy an absolute it's it it delivers on every promise it makes completely completely (laughs) yeah yep love it oh that's awesome um i watched the blackening oh i want to watch that i'm just waiting for it to to come to me I think we rented it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it show up anywhere yet. I, I liked it quite a bit. Nice. Um, it looks really fun. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was pretty funny. I will revisit it 
sometimes I wonder if my original ratings of things are just because I was pleasantly surprised. And like, mm. if I go back and look, will I come, come back down to earth and be like, oh, well, this, this is just like a three star and not a four star. Right, right, right. But, but I did, I had a lot of fun with it. So, and I had hit a kind of a spot. Sounds like you hit a spot uh, where I wasn't watching anything that was working for me. Mm-hmm. So this was after a big grouping of that. And I think I was just so relieved to finally yeah. like a newer movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. I'd say, okay, the next one I'll name is one that I feel like I was kinder to than a lot of the internet in part because Ooh. I think like, again, this was still when I was on my survivalist weekend of like, oh, what else is out there? And I had seen this show up on Shudder. And as soon as it did, the title is Quicksand. And I saw the title. I was like, oh, I don't know what it is. Well, I'll add it to my list. And then I started to kind of hear people be pretty disappointed in it. But I was like, I just watched a movie in the woods. Now I want a movie in the rainforest. Let's do it. And this is, it's um, a couple who are divorcing. They're like near the end of their marriage. And they mm-hmm. end up in Quicksand. Plain and simple. They go hiking. They almost get robbed. They run into the into the woods and fall into quicksand. And that's the premise, Um, which could be like a really tight, scary, oh my God, they're going to drown. They're going to this, but it, it's not really doing that in part because like they're doctors. So very quickly they're like, well, we're not going to drown here. Like we, that's not how quicksand works. We might starve to death or we might get bit by snakes. Like there's other ways we're going to die. So it's like right away you're like, well, so you're taking away like the scariest part of quicksand. You've just taken taken it away. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it also does that thing that like every one of these movies has to do, which is like, oh, well, like how will they be rescued? Let's keep flashing back to the hotel and their friend who might start to suspect something and may be able to save them in time. So like, why, why movie? Why do that? Like put me in a space and stick me in that space. Don't keep, flashing back to somebody like looking at their cell phone um i i completely agree with you it It really undercuts stuff yeah yeah so again having all said all that i don't know if i'm recommending it it's very short i thought the actors are very good and they like the like when you first meet this character like you never really want a movie to be about characters that are getting a divorce because that's just Mm -hmm. kind of ripe for misery and they're very unhappy and they're awful to each other. And you're kind of like, oh, God, now I'm going to literally be stuck in quicksand with these people. It sounds terrible. But I thought like that work, the character work from the actors and I guess from the script was very smart about how, especially like the the female, how it quickly like you understood why she is the way she is and 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 why maybe she'll get out of this like that kind of stripping away sort of some of those things that were putting her in this specific space of why she was being so mean to this guy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you see that like as a character piece, it actually was really good. Um, but I wanted it to be a terrifying story about dying a slow death in quicksand and it's not really yeah. that. So uh, you know, if if any of that sounds appealing, then check it out. But I would say if you like are going in thinking like oh, I'm gonna watch people die in quicksand, you're not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, a contemplative character study in quicksand could work. No, you know it's something. You know, you never know. Um, hey, remember that movie that was real popular? I don't know, five years ago called Bird Box. 
<laughs> did you finally watch Bird Box? No, I, I watched Bird Box when it came out. I, I, they, they did a new one. Barcelona. Bird Box, Bird Box Barcelona. Tell me about Bird Box Barcelona. I am not a original Bird Box super fan by any means. It was fine. Is my thought on it. If I had to give there it a review, stuff, it was fine. It was fine. There was some stuff that worked. There was some stuff that was like meh. I liked a lot of the people in it, and it looked cool. I thought, and you know, it was a movie. This, any goodwill from from that first movie just destroyed wow. by this one. It was just so unaffecting. Huh. It, it was like I I could have been I could have spent my time reading a Maytag manual for wow. my new dishwasher Oof. instead. Like it was just so bleh. really uh-huh. really disappointing. I mean, the fact that I haven't heard anything about it certainly like suggested to me that it wasn't great. Yeah. Um. And again, as I think you and I have said, like the most the worst thing a horror movie can be is boring. Yep. Um, and it sounds like this kind of fits that bill. It was it was boring, but like not in like the pacing sense of that. It was like it it, it was never doing anything interesting. Mm. It, like it was just moving, going through the paces, moving, going through the motions, just kind of like there. And like it kept telling me I was supposed to care about a certain man and his daughter. And I just was like, you've not given me a single reason to. You can't just mm. demand that oh, I care. Yeah. You that, know when things do that? Oh, completely. I forget what the... Oh man, there was something I watched like last the last time we did this, and I remember feeling that way and being so angry because it it that that feeling of just because something bad is happening to you doesn't mean I care. You have to yeah. make me care about a character to sell me on ninety minutes with them. They can't just be yeah. awful, and I feel bad because something awful is happening to them. Like no, 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 that's not how this works. Um, oof, yeah, oof. yeah, yeah, that's damning. So. I know I don't unless you're a completist or, or like that genre is something that you feel like you need to engage in. Mm. I'd say there's no real point. Okay, that's good to know because I had considered watching it, but yeah, uh, I don't it think seems there's anything there. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one that I'm I really curious if you watched on, on Shutter. Bad things. No, I've not. Oh, okay. I this is. Um, I think the easiest way to, like, the tagline would be a queer shining. Uh, it's for two couples who are have very confusing sexual history with each other. Um, the lead, it's Gail Rankin from Glow, who's fantastic. I love her every time she shows up in something. And she's inherited this motel, like, in the middle of upstate New York, not near anything. It's wintry. It's cold. It, like, the, the outside looks like Blackcoat's daughter. Like, it's that kind of feeling. And... They get there and like maybe it's haunted, but it's this like there's things about it that are so great because it's this like a haunted hotel. Except imagine a haunted hotel being like a days in from 1995 that closed. Like it's not Victorian. It's this like pastel walls and all these things that are such like ooh I want a horror movie here. This is great. And there's things going on that are really cool and intriguing. But this is a movie that very clearly um, decided it did not want to give any, to tell you what was going on or make sense in any way or give you an ending that, that you can understand. Like, it is deliberately confusing and open and did anything happen? I don't know. Did it happen? You, you could have. 
and like I'm like you're watching a movie that you're like no you were designed as a movie to leave me saying huh yeah um so it's very like I'm not saying don't watch it because I actually would love for more people to watch it so I could talk to them about it because it's enjoyable to watch it's just kind of deliberately withholding in a way that didn't feel rewarding to me um so all that being said is a please watch it so I can get your view on it next time (laughs) well so it looks amazing and the cast looks amazing and also it's from the director of that movie Lyle have you ever seen I didn't see Lyle but Lyle is on Peacock and I had added it to my queue and then realized it was the same director and thought oh okay I'm intrigued I've always wanted to watch Lyle but I've always been a little scared Mm. like I don't know if it's like the the cover if if oh my god now pregnancy horror type thing right I think the woman's son dies and the the cover is just really haunting and upsetting to mm-hmm. me. It, it, it and you never know, right? You you can't tell. You just go on first impressions. So I go like, oh, is this gonna destroy me? It could. It mm-hmm. could. So maybe we just move on. So seeing that it's the same director has now made me extra intrigued about both. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Where did where did you say it was? Shutter. Bad things is on Shutter. Lyle mm. is on Peacock. Okay. Yeah. I I think Lyle might be on Canopy too. I feel like it's Possibly. every time yeah. I click into Canopy, I go past it and go, "Is this the time?" No. <laughs> well, um, maybe that will be our next movie. Maybe we should just force it. I maybe I'm I'm very curious mm. to see okay. this now. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, Your I'm, description I'm... of it is great. I think I'm. This is giving me an idea. So okay. Good. Okay. All okay. right. Uh, give me another one that you watched. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is such a high recommend. So you can thank my mom for this. And I believe it might be on like um, Tubi. I think it's, you can find it for free. It is from 2018 and it is called Butterfly Kisses. So it's a, yeah, I didn't either. And my mom is big into watching every like found footage movie she can find on these Tubi-esque sites. So she found this one and she's like, I promise you, you're going to like it. I promise you, you'll like it. And I was like, okay. And so I watched it and it is a, um, it's about a guy who finds a box of of, uh, VHS tapes. Um, And on the VHS tapes is two film students filming about this urban legend. Mm. So it's almost like, the movie is about the guy that found the Blair Witch tapes. Ooh, okay, okay. So, like, you see what's on the I like the meta-ness film. of this. Yeah, and it actually has interesting commentary on the, the genre itself. Mm. Because it's so meta, it becomes this weird look of, like, what makes one believable? Why should we even think this is real? The, oh, this is too much of a common trope in these fake things. Like, so it really okay. kind of dice. It's really fun. I liked it a lot. Nice. Okay. I am wildly intrigued. So I am, I will seek it out and report back. Yeah. I think there's something there. Even if it doesn't work quite as well, it, at least it's not like a, like there, it, it's something to dig your teeth into. Like I mm. keep thinking about it and I nice. keep being like, well, butterfly kisses. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in my arsenal of, of weird references to make about like first person POV or found yep. footage movies. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'll look out for it. 
uh, we'll move to another movie I don't recommend because I don't think it can be defined as a movie. Uh oh. So I watch this movie. The title comes up on Amazon Prime, and I see first of all the, the description, like in says like at the the day before the big Scarecrow Festival. So I'm like, okay. ooh, okay. I'm in a fall mood. I'm ready for Octoberiness. Give me scarecrows, great. Um, first off, there are no scarecrows in this movie, so let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> False advertising. And I watched this movie, and it is now. I want to be clear. This is this is a competent movie. Um, Bruce Davison is in it. I love Bruce Davison. Ooh. Bruce Davison should be in every bad movie because he makes everything he's in better. Like every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, I trust you. Um, but then this movie ends. Like it's it's fairly short. It's like now probably under ninety minutes, and like stuff hasn't really happened, but like it's starting to happen. And then I'm like, this is a one night, but now it's like light out. So the movie's over, but it's not. And then it ends with like, I'm not kidding. It ends with to be continued. Like it actually says that on the screen because you don't find out anything that happened in this movie because apparently the filmmaker wanted to make a part two and never found enough money to do it. So Munger Road should not be called Munger Road. It should be called Munger Road part one so that you know well, I'm not going to watch part one until I can watch part two. Because there's no point in watching this movie. Because there is no part two. That is infuriating. I feel, like, conned. Right? Like, I don't even... I can't even... I don't have words to express how disappointing I find all that. Yeah! And it's not... It's. I mean, it's not an overly good movie. It's a very simple, like... I don't know, it's like four teenagers, um, like, go out in the woods, and then their car breaks down, and also, there's an escape serial killer, so he's probably messing with them. There's some good directing, there's, like, a, there's a little bit of, like, a found footage aspect, because they have a video camera, they're trying mm-hmm. to, like, ghost hunt, and there's a great shot where a character is, like, the video, the point of view is his camera, and he puts the camera on the ground, and you realize somebody has picked up the camera and is going to attack him, and it's like, ooh, that's that's good right there like there's something right here but we don't even know who attacked him because the movie doesn't get to that point what why right like that shouldn't be out there it should have a disclaimer in the beginning it made me very angry christine very angry no, I, I get it. Like, obviously, if you had a better sense of that going in, like, sure. maybe you could have tempered your expectations. I, I mean, there but... are people who watched, what, four Divergent movies and never got the fifth, and I feel for them. I That's so frustrating. I'm, I'm, I will never put my eyeballs on it. No, no, I mean, if there is a Munger Road 2, then I will watch the two, because I feel like, again, like, there is a part of me that is not complete, because I've started something I didn't finish. That, well, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's understands an understandable yeah. reaction. Yeah, it's very upsetting. I'm not cool with this. <laughs> oh, there were no yeah. scarecrows. Not even a scarecrow. That that is weird. Yeah. Why? Why bother? Why, why bother? do this? Anyway. Oh, we're in a strange place with with movies these days. <sighs> this one was like, and oh, I'll give you. That's the other thing. It's like from ten years ago. So he's had ten years, <laughs> right? At I a certain point, you just you write an outline and put it out there. I'm sorry. It's okay. You film with your Barbie dolls and you take the Barbie brand off of them and you put it on YouTube so at least people know who the killer was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bold, I guess. Audacious, one might say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that. 
Um, I've been trying to watch every genre movie I've never seen from a very specific time period. Okay. So I watched a movie from 2007 called Solstice. Solstice. Is it spelled like soul or like regular the way that you'd spell regular, solstice? Regular. Regular. Solstice. Okay. I am not familiar. Do I not know how to spell solstice? Oh, I forgot the solstice. Okay. Um, Sean Ashmore, who is, looks like, oh, this is, um, the, one of the Blair Witch guys, Daniel Merrick. Yes, I guess that's Yes, the director is is one half of the Blair Witch team, but I think he's the not good half. Well, this movie isn't very good. Yeah, he's the half that did, um, the Believers, not the half that did whatever the other guy did that was better. Yeah, yeah. The, I know that the you know, other guy. No, no, I'm no, like, I, you know, because I, I clearly I, don't. No, I fully Eduardo know Sanchez was the other half of Blair Witch, and he's done um, a lot of TV. I think he did um, some, like, of the good VHS segments. So, anyway, as you were, continue. Tell me about Solstice. That wasn't good. Well, there's not really much to tell. It's um, my Letterboxd review, which I'm very proud of, uh, <laughs> is I Know What You Did Last Solstice. <laughs> Which is essentially all the movie is. Mm, um, it's okay. like a, it's a, in the in the style of like a, of a no, I know what you did last summer, but it's about like um, someone's sister is murdered, and also a, a local little girl is murdered, and they go to this weird cabin in a small or an old house in a smaller town, but it's all muddled and weird, and basically mm. just boils down to. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It's another unfairly good cast, right? Amanda Seyfried is in this movie. Amanda Seyfried and Hilary Burton, who is yeah. the best thing in any Hallmark movie she's in, like the best thing of the season. Every time she's in one of those movies, mm-hmm. yeah. It, so it's not any of their fault, like mm-hmm. any stretch. Um, everybody's good in it and stuff. I mean, I gave it two stars. It really is just like what, like the way it's kind of composed it's very difficult to follow and, and a little mm. convoluted mm. i understand I, it's it's a bummer but like yeah so i had a another movie on here from that time period that i didn't talk about because it just sucked too bad but i'm really trying <laughs> to cap capture all those like genre or genre adjacent kind of teen leaning mm, movies yeah from, from the 2000s what was the other one that you had um soul survivors Oh, we talked about Soul Survivors last time. Did we talk about we Soul did, Survivors? We did, yes. Because yeah. remember, I had to quote the entire trailer and like, use yeah, it at the end of the I, show. I just, I think I, I never want to, the more I think about Soul Survivors, the angrier I get. Mm, fair. It's really strange. <laughs> I get it. Um, the, that era, so actually, it's funny, I have a couple of movies from that era as well. Ooh. So one of them, uh, let me find the, the young one. Well, no, I'll do, I'll do the one that was probably more of the same budget. Mirrors. 2008 with Kiefer with Kiefer yeah yeah that one this one this one's rough right it's yeah yeah, it's it's rough because you're watching this and you're like I this didn't have to be rough like Mm -hmm. there's it's it's Alexander Aja I think it might have been his first thing after um whatchamacallit after high tension like or I think it was like his first like big American production after high tension mm-hmm. so you're like okay so I've you know you're working with different parameters I don't know if it was RPG 13 but like it's a you know you you're not going as far obviously but like that didn't matter you still have to make sense <laughs> this movie doesn't 
Um, this is one of the most criminal. We've set our movie in New York, even though there is. This is the most the poorest excuse for New York City I've ever seen on camera. This is like not even Jason takes Manhattan levels of New York. This is like he gets out of the train and the train is a like uh, above ground, like even to the floor. Like, no, no, this isn't a subway. This is not how the subway works in New York, for one thing. Um, There's a gigantic abandoned apartment store. Where exactly in Manhattan is this taking up real estate? Like, that's not how it works. What a setup, though, right? Like, the idea of this big, weird, old, like, antiquated, strange-looking department store. Yeah, like, it's supposed to give, like, the vibes of, like, the giant Bloomingdale's, like, that has, like, nine floors or something. Fantastic. But you... None none of the execution was good at all. No, no. There are some good visual things. Yeah. But it is just not... This is not good at all. Uh, It just... And I wasn't expecting it to be, like... It wasn't, I, there's somebody, it might be Jason or Erica. There's like somebody like close to us who used to kind of defend this movie. And so I knew I'm like, there might, there's something here, I bet. And again, like this is more watchable than some other bad movies of the era, but it is just a waste. It is not like that. All that money could have gone to something else. Yeah. And, and honestly, they, some of the sets and stuff, it's like, guys, yeah, you were so close. Yeah, you had the tools. <laughs> you had the pieces. You yeah, just put them together. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's write a script. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so this is a movie I don't think you've seen because it just came out. And I don't think it's streaming anywhere because we rented it. Um, it's Insidious 4. Four? No, five. No, five. The Red Door is, I think, part five. Because I didn't see part four, so I don't know that I'll ever see part five. I don't, you don't need to see part four to see part five. Okay. Not that, like, you do whatever you want with your time. Well, this begs the question, should I see part five? (laughs) I loved it, yes. Nice. I I think, I thought it was really great. I did not like part four. That's Um, what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people that actively kind of have said like it's it's there's big problems with it to where I kind of figured I was done with the franchise after that but if yeah. this is kind of worth it then it's mm-hmm. it's yes I would say so it's directed by Patrick Wilson mm-hmm. and I think it's because it's very interesting because of that sure um also it is like a direct continuation of the original insidious story which is okay. rose Byrne, patrick wilson and that cute little kid yes but now that cute little kid's an adult mm-hmm. dealing with some or like adult adjacent dealing with some shit dealing with the death of the grandmother which is barbara hershey and oh. the original um so if you if you had any like uh, if you found any appeal in sure. the first two like in that family unit kind mm-hmm. of thing which i did because i liked all those people yeah. you know um, this fourth one is is really good. I've seen other people agree with me, but it seems like the general consensus, like the early reviews, was that it sucked, which I just don't get. And again, it's it's so fascinating what our film circles are now because it, you know, we are. It's funny too, especially in light of like the Rotten Tomatoes news that came out this week about how like a lot of reviews are bought one way or another, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Just, you know, if there's a negative review, it gets pushed to another site, so it doesn't show up in that score. And it's so often where I know, like, oh, I don't know what what the general consensus is. I know what people in, like, I know what my, the people in my world's consensus is, which is often mm-hmm. wildly different. Because I feel like with Insidious Red Door, I knew critically it didn't 
it wasn't say like anything like it wasn't being bashed as like the worst movie of the year but it wasn't being like elevated the way the first insidious was kind of a critical hit um but i felt like with the people i knew people were keener on it than not like i think what i heard a lot of was like oh way better than four (laughs) but it it really was four was was a because I, I liked three too. Three is I love three. I think three, three, three and one are are very good. Yeah, yeah. And so I, when people, yeah, obviously, if four is not great and five comes out and people are like, this isn't great. Yeah. And it's like an actor turned director. Sure. It feels like you're giving me a narrative, and then when I watched it, I did not feel like that narrative was accurate. Interesting. Very interesting. So recommend. Okay, me. I'll look out for it. Um, let's see. On my, I have such a weird remaining <laughs> list. All right. I'm going to talk about the next movie I'm going to talk about. I need to be very clear about something. Okay. I, like, I think a lot about, like, um, like time travel and, like, warning yourself of things and stuff. Oof. Yeah. And so I had a movie that I knew I came across on Hulu and added to my queue. And a few months go by and I'm, like, on Hulu. I'm, like, oh, on Hulu. Let me watch something here. And I, like, noticed that this movie isn't in my list, but that it's, like, there is a recommend. I'm like, hey, I added that to my list. Oh, it must have gone off Hulu and come back on Hulu. I probably really wanted to watch it. Oh, it's short. Great. Let me let me just watch it now. There was a reason Emily from the future warned Emily of the present not to watch that movie. And it was because Emily didn't realize until 10 minutes into this movie when she said, what? This is... What is this? What am I watching here? And I pull it up on IMDb and realize I fucking tricked myself into watching a Neil LeBute movie. Uh, yep. House it, of it Darkness. Happens, happens to the best of us. Ah, because it was one of those things where it didn't give you the, the you know, it just kind of the title came up. And so I didn't even know anything about it. It just had a cool cover and a good concept. I'm like, all right, cool little vampire thing. Okay, oh, Bosworth, Justin Long. I like them. Great. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is a lot of talking by assholes. What am I getting here? And sure enough, Neil LeBute made a fucking movie with a good cover called House of Darkness. It is exactly what you think. Uh, Justin Long is basically just, like, I, I don't, like, I feel like like Barbarian um should kind of like get the residuals from this movie because he's just doing the same exact character it's the same exact person um Mm -hmm. he's an asshole he has picked up kate bosworth at a bar and he goes brings her home to her like sprawling mansion and her name is mina or lucy whichever one it is because then her sister shows up whose name is whichever one her is is (laughs) and it's just like him being an asshole and like and her being like you know making you know snide comments that are very clearly i'm a vampire but i'm not saying it but i'm totally a vampire and at a certain point she's a vampire and it's thankfully it's like 80 minutes long so i appreciate that but i was so fucking pissed oh oh and then that led me down a rabbit hole because i pulled up neil labute's wikipedia and do you want to know what doesn't even get like a sentence in his like wikipedia entry is the wicker man it's just like filmography and it shows up there there's not like a paragraph about how he made what is probably considered one of the worst movies of the last 20 years but anyway so i have a theory that neil labute is like constantly going into wikipedia and editing his uh his own uh thing there 
I know. Third time now. Third time I'm bringing it up. Things have really changed in in, in media. <laughs> is it possible that the children don't know about the Wicker Man or about him? Is it possible that we're so far from it that I, no one? I think there are people that now assume it was camp all along. Oh, I think that's the danger. I think that it sort of had a room effect where um, he has been able to like skirt around the actual like, dude, your movie is all about how much you hate women, just like everything you ever make is, yeah. to, oh man, you really let Nicolas Cage go for it, didn't you? Like, I yeah. don't think it's treated, I think people assume it was always meant to be silly, I don't think people watch it and say this is so bad it's good i think people just assume it was meant to be that um which is a very dangerous place to be truly we it's interesting to have be getting old and still kind of be very like dug into my interests yep and just kind of see the landscape change around me where i'm like wait like something will come out about an actor or a director and I'd be like, but we already knew that. Obviously. And, yeah. And like, oh, like the or, Jimmy or, Fallon thing this week, like, wait, people didn't realize he was an asshole. What? And it's because we've been so dialed into pop culture and specifically yeah. like genre movies for so long yeah. that like, we truly are watching, watching things, people come and go and, and this ebb and flow and people don't remember it or, yeah. or it's now, like you said, with, with Wicker Man, it's morphing into a different, because that's not how it was. No. That was not the, na- we didn't live through that narrative. It's no. now become that. <laughs> so interesting and weird. Yeah, upsetting. Dangerous. Yes, definitely. Very definitely. dangerous world times we're in. It's true. All right, give me another. Okay, again, re-recommending something because I just want everybody to take me super seriously about <laughs> it. Um, I re-watched 2019's Spiral. I say... 2019 and Spiral. Oh my God. Very deliberately. There are 17 movies called Spiral that are horrors. You are talking about the one on Shudder that is the sort of gay haunted house, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's very good. It's very good. I I rewatched it. I liked it more this time. Mm, Nice. Nice. So we're getting into spooky season. If you haven't checked it out yet and you have access to Shudder, do it. Yeah, that's a good. like a, a a very good haunted house with a twist. Like yeah, that's, that's a special little movie that I wish it wasn't called Spiral. It's stupid. They should know better. <laughs> but I know it's it, it, the anything else because it's tough to find. And yeah. then around that time period, if you're talking about it, yep. people immediately assume you're talking about the Book of Saw, which is also good. And I recommend. <laughs> or you're talking <laughs> about the the Japanese film or the yep. one with the tall guy. Um, and and Amber Tamblin from like yep, the early two thousands. Adam, Adam Green Spiral. Yep. Yes, Adam Green Spiral. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Um, but yeah, Spirals. It's the same director, the Spiral, um, who did Influencer, which we both loved. Yes, so. that's why I rewatched it because I think I realized that, and I went, oh. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's he is one to watch. For, Good stuff. For fucking sure. It's always exciting when you see somebody and you're like, oh yeah, I like what you're doing, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Keep doing it. Um, let's see. Okay, the my last few are pretty bad movies. Actually, oh no. Um, but like I don't know, bad in different ways. This one was a fun one, it, and this one I don't think was actually okay. So again, um, I am pretty sure this was one of the movies on my uh, Netflix queue. I I've done crazy things with my Netflix queue over the last um, few months, and this one must have been like long wait. So I had it at the top. I don't know why I was so invested in a 2004 
Canadian sci-fi horror film called Decoys. It did have a okay. sequel, Decoys 2, Aliens of Seduction. Decoys oh. is sort of like a Canadian version of Species, but set in college. Okay. Uh, it is... It took me a little bit to understand this movie. The concept is there are these like college freshmen who are horny wild freshmen. And there are these like two beautiful blondes who move into the dorm and they're aliens. Um, and they are like, you know, kind of like seducing men and trying to impregnate them and get impregnated and all that. Uh, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, this is like inexcusable unless it's supposed to be funny. And it took me a while to decide that I think it was intended to be tongue-in-cheek. Oh. Um, it's 2004, and again, you forget how different, like, fashion was in 2004, and there's, like, certain aspects of it that feel, like, wildly dated when you realize, like, oh, no, but that was me in my 20s. Um, it's very, it's Canadian in a way that is, like, refreshing because it acknowledges that it's Canadian, mm-hmm. right? Like, most Canadian movies, like, are trying to hide and, like... But in this one, it's like, nope, they say a boot. They talk about being in Canada. There's jokes about being polite, like all of that stuff. Um, It's, I don't know, it kind of won me over as it kept going. There's weird things happening in it. Uh, The, like, lead actor is like, you know, this is supposed to be like this, like, college freshman. And then Nicole Eggert shows up as a, like, much older police detective. And there's a scene where you're like, oh, they used to be a couple. Wait, what? What? Like, I'm interested, but give me more if we're going that direction. So it's very strange. I do want to see the sequel. I'm intrigued to see how much more it can go. Um, it's I, I, it's a wild, wildly wacky recommend if you are looking for an early 2000s low-budget Canadian sci-fi alien uh, boob movie. Fair amount of boobs. <laughs> wild yeah what is what a strange thing oh no this was peacock this wasn't netflix it was on peacock okay this one's on peacock but the sequel is not unfortunately peacock has some shitty movies peacock does i i had been like i said i'd really dug into tubi so i had really been kind of plumbing the depths Mm -hmm. lately for like what garbage do you have that i'm interested (laughs) in um i have something that wasn't garbage again Mm. i don't think you've seen it because it's brand new probably Um, not it's cobweb no, no, I've heard wildly. This is one that I'm hearing like yeah. either people loved it or people hated it. All over the place, huh? Yeah, I um I was kind of not that interested, other than the Lizzie Kaplan thing, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's a kid, and it focuses. It see, like in the advertising, it seemed to focus on a kid, and there's a fine line for me. Like you know, you're putting a kid in peril, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. Sure. It's stressing me out. Um, big recommend. It okay. everything is it does it does perfect. Um, there is a little boy in it, uh, and he is kind of in danger sometimes. And they're mean to him, but it's mm. not like that. It didn't like hurt, like make me upset or anything okay. because everything works out. It's so spooky. It's so Halloweeny. It's so atmospheric. Nice. It's like the perfect movie to put on, like oh. when you just want spooky energy. That is very good to know. I cannot wait for you to see it i will i will definitely bump it up when it makes its kind of general debut if you will yeah i'm so curious yeah me too very curious because i I just know how every side of the fence people have been on so i'm really curious we're all around me too me too because i i i there's something in it i think you're gonna really like but i i can't wait (laughs) interesting (laughs) 
it's so it's so fun to watch a, a movie, especially a horror movie, and like be like, oh my god, I think Emily's gonna fucking Aww. flip out for this. It's my favorite thing. It Aww. happens every once in a while, and this one had something, and I was like, oh, she's gonna like this. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel the same way with with you when I watch something. I'm like, I really can't wait for Christine to watch this. Yeah, it's fun because because and, and then even if you don't, if I'm wrong, and you're like, oh, I actually couldn't stand it because of this. That's great too because I'm like. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So it's, fun. it's it's enlightening. <laughs> I, I think it um it's funny. I was listening to an interview, I listened to the Vanity Fair podcast where they like it's very much in the movie like industry one. <laughs> and they were interviewing the director of TIFF, the guy who's okay. basically like curator, like in charge of the TIFF festival. And the question was, um, what what does it take? Like what's an important thing like skill to have when you're doing this job? Like, you're not a movie critic, you're not a producer, like, you are running a film festival, like, what is something that you need to be good at that people don't think about? And he had a great answer, which was, I have to think about the audience. I have to, when I'm curating, when I'm pulling, figuring out who we're going to be able to fly in and what the schedule is going to be, and he's like, I need to think about what is isn't what is going to work and not necessarily please, but like, what what are the movies that are going to get the reaction from the audience? The movies that are mm-hmm. going to have arguments or the ones that are going to like make people feel good at midnight or at the opening. Mm-hmm. And I think like, it's just an, an interesting thing to think about. And I love that when I'm watching a movie and this happens a lot and I say like, this just isn't for me. But this, oh my gosh, I need to tell my niece to watch this because it's yeah. perfect for her. Like, And I think I've seen that a lot lately with like, movies that feel geared to younger people um where there is a different like oh like i'm i'm like in a different body watching this movie where i can say like i'm i'm not gonna leave this movie and say i didn't like it like i'm i didn't like it but there is something here for somebody else that i want them i want to hear what they thought about it and if i was right about how they would take it in Mm -hmm. and that's oh why we love movies I think so too. There's a fine line between I didn't like it and it was bad. And I think people yeah. just don't understand that because they didn't like something, it doesn't mean it's bad. Uh-huh. Like I'm pretty clear when a movie's just bad and I don't think anybody right. should watch it. The but Wicker a Man lot is of bad. the time Yeah, a lot of times like, oh, if like dismissed, you might think it was bad, but I loved it because it's not a bad movie. It wasn't constructed poorly, it mm-hmm. wasn't written poorly, it wasn't acted poorly. But if it didn't hit for you, I get it. It's sure. about like like a, a sexually aggressive teenage boy ruining pe- his teacher's life. Like if you don't <laughs> like that, I get it. Sure. <laughs> oh, movies. Indeed. What can't you do? Oh, so I have four left. Three of which I can say are just bad, and one of Ooh. which was a lots of things to talk about so oh geez how many have left keep going um i have a movie in its sequel do you mind if i pair them together so um they're both on tubi i believe it's horror in the high desert (gasps) and horror in the high desert to minerva okay okay so um i have been excited i loved the first one I've been excited to watch the second one, but I'm waiting for it not to be on Tubi because I feel like that's a movie that should not have commercials. I agree with you, but I don't know that it the commercials bothered me. Okay, okay. I, so you hadn't seen the first one? No, I hadn't. I I watched them kind of back to back, like in the same mm-hmm. weekend, probably. The first one I, I loved. It's the really sec- good. It's really good. The second one I liked a little less. Okay. But that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. It's sure. arbitrary. Arbitrary feelings. The second one continues the mythos 
continues the story. It introduces new things, mm. and there's going to be a third one. Good. Good. I cannot wait. These yeah. these are up there from like with Hell House LLC LLC to me now. Like these like serialized like mm-hmm. found footage. Oof. And I yeah. I am not a Hell House fan. Uh, I, I <laughs> but I love Horror in the High Desert. I think what um. It it feels like if you compare it to anything, like it's very much in the vein of Lake Mungo, and Definitely, that's yeah. part of what works so well is that the the documentary aspect, like the interviews with the sister, are just so interesting and refreshing, and it feels like this is a real person talking about her brother and their complicated relationship, and then the, the brother is so like really likable and you're like yeah. oh god, like really wishing for him, and it has some great sequences some very kind of like it felt a little grave encountersy in terms of like some of the the way the footage is um it's really effective so so the sequel is a recommend from you but just not quite as high as the first yeah i don't know maybe it was the the novelty of the first one made me like so much more excited about it yeah it's 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 a it's it's just a little a little issue nothing major i definitely worth watching especially if you had any fun with that first oh, yeah. one. Oh yeah yeah that se- the second one's good yeah and um i get what you're saying about the commercials mm-hmm. yeah oh gosh and speaking of we watch crooked house on the roku channel i'm sorry the roku channel should be fined for how loud their commercials are i can't even i don't really even use the roku channel i don't think we it, can do it again it was upsetting it was like Tubi gives you a countdown, so you yep, grab the remote say, and you mute it. They don't count down. And all, I don't right? think they're that same volume, but your Roku, there's mm-hmm. no warning. Mm-hmm. And it is like, I mean, you're going from a volume of whatever, let's say five to 50. It is like genuinely the kind of thing that like, I think televisions used to get fined for doing by the FTC. Like it is just inexcusable. I, I, I don't know that we can do it again. So. Yeah, but I get it. We we similarly. I think for us, it's more the countdown. It's It's important. Yeah, it also makes it's really stressful to see the countdown. But it's good. No, but it's important. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, I I can say, oh, I'm gonna go now. I can go refill my water. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) wish TV would do that too. Actually. Um. All right. So on, I have another shitty Peacock movie. (laughs) This was. (laughs) I tell you, um, again, like I, you know, we've talked about this. I like watching shitty movies sometimes. I will. Okay, good. Yeah, this doesn't look good. Good. I'm in the, I'm in a mood to watch it. This is 2012. Hold your breath. Also listed as hashtag hold your breath. Ooh. This is very bad. Uh, a bunch of terrible like college students go are driving somewhere. I don't know where they're actually driving to, but they end up go like, stuck at a old haunted prison where the ghost of a serial killer is sort of like shockering them like he's able to like jump into different bodies i love it it's very bad uh katrina bowden is in it so like oh my god no have you seen this we just scrolled past it no because because zach said oh is that siri from 30 siri is like a mini scream queen she kind she is Tucker and Dale. She's right? in a, and she's in a lot. She shows up in a lot of horror films, like and it's very strange to me because I like I'm like why isn't she like she could be like a big scream queen or she could be like a Hallmark queen because I think she's fine like she's fine in this like she's a cunt in this because all the characters are they're all awful. This is one of those movies that doesn't give you any reason to like anybody, but yet we're supposed to not want them dead. Maybe we want them dead. I don't know. It's very unclear. Um, 
it's terrible. It's if you're in a mood for it, it might be like scratch the itch, but it is not good at all. Mm, yeah, There's a CGI ghost fight at the end that is very like haunted mansion, the ride. So, <sighs> yeah, that sounds. I'm glad I, I we had contemplated it. I think, but I'm glad that that we passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a couple ones that were bad. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, just but list them out so we know not to watch them. Um. See. Oh, I watched. I rewatched the Covenant again. I still don't like it. One I day I might Covenant? like What's it. The Covenant. The Covenant is like hot boy witches, and one of them Sebastian Stan. <laughs> that sounds sexy. Is it, is it Renny okay. Harlan? Yeah, it it's Renny Harlan. Harlan oh, that sounds like it'd be fun. No, it's not. Every, I, I think this is the fifth time. This is the second time this year I've watched it. Oh wow, those are some pretty boys. Taylor Kitsch, Chase Crawford. Yep. yep. Um, oh, and uh, Laura Ramsey, who was in The Ruins. Yes. Yes. That was a big driving force to looking at it again, too. I, I'll never like it. I don't know why I keep watching <laughs> But also a movie called Followed from uh, 2018. It's a social media influencer kind of movie, which is why I wanted to watch it. I've definitely um, put this on my queue before, and it kept jumping services. Yeah, I think it's. I think I watched it on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it was okay. I didn't love it, but if you like influencer style horror, then which I do, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I checking would, that out sometime. I would recommend it. Um, and then a movie called Hangman from 2015. This is on Peacock. Yeah, I Peacock, Tubi, I think Roku Channel. Yeah, okay. I Any good? Around. Um, Jeremy, this, this is the Jeremy Sisto one. This is Jeremy Sisto and Ty Simpkins, who's the little boy in Insidious. So mm-hmm. okay. he was he was in my zeitgeist, I guess. But um, it's it's one of those like there's somebody in your house movies, but um, there's there's one called like I can I see you or something with Helen Hunt in it. It reminded me a lot yeah. of of that, but it's like where a person is in your house, not just like a home invasion, like but they're like mm-hmm. living among you or alongside you. I kind of always have a soft spot for that kind of movie because I think it is really disturbing. Right. I know what you mean. This, this one was just kind of, eh. it was, it, it was just there. This is, it's um the writers and director. Like I've seen other stuff of them. They did broken and um, what's the other one they did? Like the uh, devil's chair. That was it. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like stuff that I'm like, I don't, think i like what you do but it's because of the time period when like you had to do stuff like that i but there's skill behind it so i'd be curious if he they evolved at all over the years i'm gonna check this out one of these days yeah it wasn't it wasn't like bad it just for me it didn't it's 2015 and it's doing something that is a trope Mm. and it didn't really do anything um like really remarkable or or unique with it okay and for me, unless this is the first time I'm seeing a movie where someone breaks into your house and lives alongside you in secret, I, I need you to do something different because sure. I've se- I've seen it now like 20 times. Yep, yep, I get it. Yeah. So, but th- none of them were awful, awful. Just like me. Yep. You could find something better, I think. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Speaking of um, a movie that was pretty awful on Amazon, Amazon has like 17 movies called The Hunt. 
this is called the hunt but it's actually called the seventh hunt so depending either way i wouldn't recommend watching it what are they doing over there? i know i know and like i feel like it was renamed the hunt just to get people to watch it thinking they're watching the actual movie the hunt yeah like just be like halfway through you're like where's betty gilpin oh right no nobody you recognize is going to be in this movie it's an australian movie from like 2008 that's very like saw ish where it's like a bunch of rich people kidnap, they have a hunt. But it's not even a hunt. They they kidnap people and they all put them in different rooms and then like kill them. And there's not really any hunt aspect to it. So right away, it's it's a mistitled movie. And it's very like, they talk about how like, oh, the, um, the killers, two of them were former victims. This is only the seventh hunt, which means at least like... Only five of their, oh no, four of their hunts have actually, like, they've killed everybody, so they're not even that good of hunters. Again, the more you think about this movie that really clearly wasn't made with a lot of thought, the more angry you'll be. So just avoid the seventh hunt. It's not very good. Okay. No, it doesn't sound very good. No, no it's not. not. <sighs> I, I, have, I have one more, and it's a, it's a recommendation. It's Ooh. the one I'm really excited Let's about. Let's hear it. Um, it is one of the Blumhouse movies that they made for... Um, Amazon, or that got distributed Who? on Amazon. Okay. Um, it's called The Manor. Uh, I've seen this show up on Amazon. I think it's on my queue, but I have not watched it. Uh, it's Axel Carolyn, I think yes, that's how yes. you say her name. Yep. I've never actually said it out loud. Um, but, uh, you know, done some work. Uh, I, I'm familiar with her. Mm-hmm. Saw this come up. And just on a whim, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie. Why not? Um, it's amazing. Really? It's fantastic. Ooh, it's about old you, people. Yup. You got you me there. Barbara Hershey. Holy fucking shit. You specifically. Bruce Davison is in there. <gasps> but it's just, it's Christmas. It's Christmas and Yonkers. I, I've he- I've held this specifically for you the whole time. Oh, thank you. It's got the woman that plays that's in the Deborah Logan movie, <gasps> but I've not seen that movie. I just know it's the same woman. Right, but but Deborah <laughs> Logan, it, you, it's got Deborah Logan. I don't know what her name is. It doesn't matter. She's, it's Deborah Logan. But she's very good, and um, <sighs> it's about like a like a convalescence home, an old folks nice, home. Nice, nice. Um, okay. Barbara Hershey has like a problem. She has a health problem, so she decides now's a good time to maybe go into this setting Mm -hmm. so i can have people take care of me um holy shit it does things you expect it does things you don't expect the performances are all wonderful it's poignant and sad sometimes but it's also kind of wild and fun and barbara hershey everyone barbara fucking hershey so good I, I gave it four stars. Honestly, the way that I've been thinking about it, it's probably closer, like four and a half. I over the moon for this movie. Nice. I will definitely watch it in the next couple of weeks. How exciting. Yay. Oh. Um, I'll close out with one movie that is just not a recommend. I'm pretty sure I put this on my Netflix queue and bumped it to the top and it was a long wait. And I thought that was because it was a different movie. Um <laughs> Because there's a lot of movies called, like we said about Spiral, there's several movies called American Nightmare. And this was one that showed up at Netflix and I turned it on. I'm like, oh, it's a Deborah, Debbie Roshan movie. That's never that's never a good thing. I like Debbie Roshan as, as a person. No, I think she's I fine. But if it's a movie that she's starring in, it's not going to be good. 
It's usually an indication of, of maybe a lot. budget. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this is, things. I don't know what this was. It was not good at all. And then it ended. So I said, oh, okay, I guess I watched that movie. Um, but then the last movie I watched, I kind of saved it for the end, not because it's a, rec- a big recommend, but because I thought I might, if we talk a little bit about it, we might spoil things. Um, this is one that I know you watched. Oh. I think you had similar feelings to me. Resurrection. What the fuck is Resurrection? It's with, uh, what's her name? The, the actress who's in stuff. Rebecca Hall. Rebecca. She's oh, a biology oh. writer. Oh, yeah. And Resurrection. Tim Roth is after her, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think of this movie? It's so a Resurrection is on Shudder now. Um, it is uh, a very kind of serious, heavy, turn, you know, watch it when nobody's home and the lights are off type movie. Uh, I had a journey with this movie. Did you, where did you land on it? Um, I don't, I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but not like in a, I'm trying to figure out what I rated it, but I can't get my phone to work. Um, it's not that I didn't like it cause it was bad. This is again, what we were just talking about. Yeah. I didn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad movie. I mean, fucking Rebecca Hall's in it. My God. And she like, Oh God, she's so she good fucking, in this. And so Resurrection is the movie. When Resurrection was really kind of in the zeitgeist, um, it was a similar time when Pearl was a movie that I have mm. not seen. Yeah, but yeah. A- apparently Mia Goth has quite a lengthy, a very long effect- monologue, yeah, affecting monologue yep. in it. Yeah, and, and this Rebecca is Hall, this is that movie. Yes, Rebecca Hall has a monologue in in Resurrection, which I thought was very good. Yeah. That being said, everything else just didn't work for me i didn't i don't. I didn't get it <laughs> this is so i'm gonna spoil something about this movie so if for people who haven't seen it like it's it's worth watching because again it is such a good performance and it's doing things that are really unusual that are kind of unsettling um it's it is something that is not it is not a bad movie it is just the thing that bothered me about it spoiler alert it felt like this is a movie about the like horrific abuse, except it's also a movie that is saying that sort of doing that thing where it's like this character is being like, you know, to use the popular word in the zeitgeist, she's being gaslit by, you know, the, the various men in her life and systems in her life. Mm-hmm. But then it does that thing where it's like, oh, yeah, but it's all in her head. So the cops shouldn't actually do anything for her. Because she is crazy. That's that was a problem for me in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, it it ends strangely. Like you kind of like you lean back and you think about it, and you think for about ten, five more minutes. You're like, okay, I think I know what it was saying, and then you start like googling around. You're like, yeah, yeah, no consensus is these things might have happened to her. We don't know for sure, but that now that her daughter is going to college, something has snapped, and now she is going crazy and Tim Roth is never there. And I don't know. I, I don't love a movie about a woman's um, that is sort of kind of like very much dependent on a woman being mistreated and all the awful things that come with that. Mm-hmm. But is that then very much about like, Oh yeah, now she's actually crazy and do it and seeing things and nothing is happening and who knows. And like I don't like morally that bothered me a lot. I I remember having a, a similar feeling to it. I I think too. I I don't remember exactly when I watched it, but it does feel like a bit of time now. 
and I don't remember the specifics, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of, I kind of just wanted to dump it. After like there's was... baby eating in this movie, essentially. <laughs> and you yeah, forgot that. and I kind like I didn't, I didn't care. I guess mm. I, I care about Rebecca Hall because Rebecca Hall demands that I care yeah. about her in everything she does. That's why she's so good. Mm-hmm. And I did. I felt for her, and I wanted to see her, and I wanted to be on this journey with her. It was just the story itself kept not connecting. And it's a little absurd, I think, but it's treated deadly serious. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Like, let it be a bit absurd because it is. Don't expect me to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that it does was, it. That was what I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I could see that because it's treating it so. It is not treating anything as if it is not happening. So then when you realize, well, okay, now we're at the point where something ridiculous, like now Tim Roth is cutting open his belly and a baby's coming out of it. Like now I know this is in her head, but there's not that same like tonal creation getting me there. The work is in her performance more than anything else. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's too much for her to carry too. Yes. it's just because is it a long movie? I don't know why it felt long. It's, it's, it's minutes. yeah. I was gonna say it's like not two hours, but it it's not ninety minutes. Like it, and it feels substantial as you watch it. Yeah, it. I remember it feeling longish. Yeah, and again, reflection on my my experience with it, not necessarily the reality of the sure. movie. But uh, yeah, weird. I it's cool that people responded really positively to it. Because it, it is weird, and it's nice, like, oh, people like weird cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. it just wasn't, like, my style of weird, I guess. Yeah, it just, it, I don't know, I think it was, like, fundamentally, I thought, like, the thesis of this movie is problematic for me. But Yeah, definitely. I, I do I do remember having that feeling. I felt that way about, um, and you just watched it, that Eva Green movie. Oh, pl- uh, Nocebo. Nocebo. I kind of felt that yeah. way about that. And both of those are directed by men, right? I, not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, Nocebo um, is the same guy who did something else that I can't remember, but I liked. And... I, I think, yeah, I think that back to back. Oh yeah, no, 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 no uh, Nocebo was Lorcan Finnegan who did um, the 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 V movie, Vivarium. Yep, yep, which yep. I loved. I really wish Nocebo worked better for me now. I know, me too. In, in hindsight, <laughs> I know. Resurrection was Andrew Siemens. <laughs> who also <laughs> did five. Uh, he directed, I don't think he did anything else genre. He did Nancy Please and I don't know what that is. And he was a writer on, yeah, no, he's yeah, not no. somebody I was overly familiar with. I think, I think seeing those so close in proximity for me was like, oh, I should really refocus on genre movies with, female creatives mm, yeah not because men can't make movies i'm just i'm at a point maybe where i don't want to see like i don't need to see those stories i don't need it, to see a story about a woman who is crazy yeah. and like i'm saying is crazy i know that's not like the right term to use no but that's but, what these movies ultimately yeah. that's how they ultimately phrase it and feel about it is you can take some a story about trauma and you know like all the various effects of that and how sometimes they do manifest into certain things but both of those movies do feel very like no really don't believe women <laughs> and that's a problem yeah, yeah 
I, I, I get it. Like women are also complex and have, can be bad and have deep sure. emotional, but like, I don't, like I, like I said, I don't know that I want really to look at those meditations when they're helmed by men. Yeah, yeah they don't have, help anything. No, they don't. Because it, 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 sadly, I think for me, it did take away from like Rebecca Hall's performance. Fair. Yeah, I can see that. Meh. It's, yeah. fun to, it's fun to watch things, though, because sometimes <laughs> they hit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, the thing about like Resurrection is it's, and I felt stronger about this than I did about like Nighthouse, which again is a similar movie I'll throw into that argument because it yep. also was one that like people went crazy for and I didn't I didn't get it yeah. and it it's like uh, that I don't know like with Resurrection at least I had strong feelings um, so I respect it for that but it it's it took big swings I just don't think it was like standing in the right batter's box if that makes sense I I I think I completely agree with you yeah. Yeah. sports analogies that's what you come here for. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, I I am good. Are you good? I'm better than good. Fantastic. We'll be back at some point in a few weeks with other stuff. We'll put that out there in the world when we know what that stuff is. I have ideas. I'm going to talk to you off mic. Oh, okay. uh, and in the meantime, buy Christine's books. Find her writing. It's amazing. ChristineMakePeace.com. She's on Glooski and Twitter and the other places at xteen underscore makepeace you can find me deadly dolls in different places in deadlydollshouse.com i think that's everything yes okay then goodbye everybody goodbye isn't there something we could do to cheer ourselves up hey i know Love and goodbye.